Hello, everyone. Welcome to BJJ and Brews. I'm your host, Noah John, joined by Chris Vu. Chris, how are you? I'm getting there. <laughs> He's getting there. Um, we're just going to be shooting the shit today. We just trained. Um, before we get started, go through the obligatory like, subscribe, and share. And as, share. As Chris you got to like, share. Got to right? share. Share the love. And we got to recover from that Julius bump. So I don't know. Do you remember the Stephen Colbert spike they always talked about? You remember no. Colbert had the Colbert show after the Daily Show? Not back really. In the day? Okay, well, I'll talk about that in just a sec. But, um, but yeah, we're on uh, social media. Instagram, Facebook, BJJ and Brews. You can shoot us an email too, bjjandbrews at gmail.com. That's going to be your best bet for sponsorship opportunities. They actually got... I checked our spam and we actually did have a Ooh, we had a, a Pakistani off, geek creator offer. we had an offer for for, for really? social media influencing with promo codes to so. um uh, uh what is the what is the term um not not contribute um influencer no it's like there's like an influencer that's like you see this thing under a tag under like um under their name now on Instagram oh, collaborate collab- collaborate there okay. we go anyway um hit us up we're uh, super responsive to that. We always love to hear your feedback, especially thing you like, stuff you don't like, whatever. But um, it's out there. And as always, you can listen to our podcast on all the different platforms. Um, that includes Spotify. That includes uh, iTunes. That includes Google Podcasts. That includes Stitcher. That includes all these other platforms that I've never heard of before. But we're all but deployed we're there. there. We're there. So wherever they are, just search uh, BJJ and Bruce, and if you subscribe, that really does help us with our numbers and statistics and all that. Rad and leave stuff. a leave a little, you know, little five star. Oh, and leave a five star, of course. Leave a okay, five. I mean, star. like, you know. yeah, absolutely. So enough, uh, enough outs. shilling. <laughs> um, Chris, how's your back? Oh my god, dude. Um, oh so, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know I have the best thing oh my for god. your back. Hang on, hang on. Oh yeah. So I have a concern about that go. actually. Um, so my back is better um it's it's seen better days this goes back to many things that we've chatted about uh the idea of you should never be injured in training right yes i i definitely injured myself not in jujitsu training but strength and conditioning of all things always not in jujitsu <laughs> yeah so um tuesday i so like last friday i was working out it's usually my day off so it's my home time you know, Stacey and I were doing our workout swap, and I, I happened to snap a photo of my workout for the day, which was not deadlift day. Paul happened to chime in. Oh, not a lot of weight in that bar. Don't do those, like, pussy Noah weights or something. Oh, or yeah. Some well, I, I replied with, like, a screenshot of, like, five-pound pink dumbbells. <laughs> yeah. I was like, so, I, this is what I <laughs> limit myself to. You know what? To. It's like I've been on my, um, my deload for deadlifts for a little bit. That's now, what you mentioned because I think I was present when this happened, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were definitely present. It's like because it never happened. So I was there when you were deadlifting. Yeah. And you were like, oh, I, I, I was like, damn, he's putting a lot of weight on. And you were counting it up three different ways. You're like, I can't add this up. But you're like, how many pounds is this? Blah blah blah. And it was. Yeah. So, but I guess it must have what tightened up when you got back. It was weird because like you never felt anything. I no, I felt something. So oh, and you kept quiet. That's the problem, right? Like, like so, I got I, I was you know I'm doing five by five, and it was like the la- like literally my last set and you know it's like i felt pretty good like leading up to that and i've been increasing weight and pyramiding up and stuff and and you know paul was giving me shit because i had like 220 on the bar which is like normally my warm-up weight and then like 
So I was like, ha, 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 I'll fucking show Paul. And I, I, I do my deadlifts, and, like, I'm usually a pretty good form guy. I mean, like, you've observed me lifting before. I try oh, to yeah. maintain good form. You have better form than the app. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, whether it's... it's you have a kettlebell app, and you're like, this form is atrocious. This is garbage. It's like Jillian Michaels here. Um, hashtag Jillian Michaels sucks at kettlebell.com. Um, <laughs> and, like, I felt a minor... I don't know what it was. Like, a little twing in my back on that last set. Or my last rep of my last set. And the I last rep. It was a little last, last rep, man. Oh, it was man. terrible. And um, I probably should just called it right there and just dumped the bar and, and just went about my business. But I ground through it because um, it didn't feel that bad at the moment. But then I did my kettlebell workout after that. And, like, during my bent rows with even just a little 35 pounds just to do a high rep workout, like, I kind of felt a little sharpness in my lower though. My right lower lumbar, I yeah. guess. So, um, Wednesday is was okay, but delayed onset muscle soreness always sets in two days after, right? So, um, Connor woke up at like 1 a.m. on the Thursday morning, and I tried to jump out of bed to get him, and I literally couldn't get out of bed. Like, I couldn't move. My back had locked up completely. And so... um I texted my boss and I was like, I can't, I can't make it into work. I can't get out of bed. So I had to take a day off of work, which sucked. So you're not Bruce Willis and unbreakable. No, definitely not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> load on paint cans and stuff for, for the, no, 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 none of that. Um, I went to work on Friday and I, I only made it through a half day. And I was actually standing most of the day. Just I was going to gonna my say, I feel right. like sitting in the chair would be bad. I actually, I actually have a standing desk and a, and a leaning and a leaning chair. At a boy. So like even that was like I made through like half the day and I was like I finished up what I had to do and I, I went home because my back was tight. Um, sitting in my car was terrible, so that was super super bad um, because I drive a stick shift for one thing. So like I have to keep both both feet engaged. In addition with like I've got my fucking uh, car seat in the back, so I have to actually lean my car seat or my seat forward a little bit oh wow so you're so I'm like sitting like completely upright it's, it was like the worst experience of my like past couple of days i i can't remember the last time i've experienced a debilitating injury like this um which sucks so it's better today i wanted to teach class i really couldn't i just did a couple drills with um and by drills i mean like reps with mark and amanda just to see how it felt and i couldn't even do the uh the single leg to fall back to Ashi. Like, because I can't round my spine right now. So you can't round your spine. I can't round my spine, yeah. That's interesting. When I hurt my back, and I still, I'm still not 100%, but I hurt my back recently. Same shit. Doing a deadlift. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Lower left lumbar. And so here is Stan talking about there's no evidence of, like, rounding your back being bad for deadlifts. I mean, like, well, how are we twinging our back out, right? Well, it's just going too heavy too early. Like, that was really... I, I just went too heavy. Like, I've, I've been on a very good protocol of saying my primary exercise is jiu-jitsu. Um, I'm not lifting to exhaustion. I'm not overloading. Don't overload like you used to because you want to have energy to train. So you feel good and inevitably you get a little overconfident and you push a little too much weight and you just go a little too high a little too quickly. And I just felt something go in my... I felt a boing. Did you really? Yeah. 
Oh, so we probably suffered from the same. How yeah, except long? I'm on the left and you're on the right. I'm on the right. But yeah. But what's interesting is curving my back actually provided relief for me. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I can't roll like my back. Standing straight like. is what is what is like awkward. So going it's, like if I were to do um, uh, what do you, what do you call it? when you uh, what's a the cat stretch or whatever it is? Yeah, or? the inverted. No, no, but when you when you kind of use that thing over it when you when you drape your body over this uh, when you hollow. What's it called? It's like a lower lumbar, lower back extensions. There we go. Okay, yeah. And then you, instead of going to parallel, you go fully, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. It, How long it, ago it, was that? Three weeks ago. Oh, my God. Yeah. Were you but, out, out? Like, I'm Well, out, like, remember, I went to Colorado, so I had the benefit. But you were hiking. I was, oh, that was fine. That was fine. The hiking was fine. Standing up and walking. Okay. It's just if I'm sitting for a prolonged period of time. Then it causes me yeah. to have that old man. Like I get up and I have that old man and walk, you, you or I have the like Paul, Paul Rodriguez walk. Yeah, yeah. I, have the, I really was walking like that. And that's how I felt, like just like over, sort of like extending my yeah, spine. Yeah, like your like, butt's sticking out. That's the just, only, you yeah. know, like what is it, lordosis? Is it when you when your butt's sticking out? Like, yeah, like having to like overextend my spine in yeah, order to, just funny. to feel any sort of comfort. So um, live and learn. Live, yeah. Like so then, I, know, when I was doing deadlifts next to you, I just had one forty-five on each side. I was going ten. Yeah, you know, it's it's ego wise it sucks because I know like the numbers I was lifting before, but I'm a much different person. If if that person that was lifting higher weight was doing jujitsu, I would be destroyed. Like my yeah. cardio would be shit. My flexibility was shit. I felt like I lumbered back then. Oh really? But goddamn, I could pull that weight and I was throwing it out. <laughs> so that's the thing though, right? Like because like I. <laughs> I've been doing five by five for a couple months now at deloaded and stuff. That's and your like, protocol. That's my protocol. I use that word a lot, don't I? My protocol. Um, but I think I do five by five. You know, I try to be pragmatic about lifting. I mean, I still, I lower with a very slow eccentric. Like it's just, it's been something I've done since weightlifting in high school. Like, you know, cause you have to like lower the weight to the, to your chest, wait for the call to press, yeah. you know. When I did that bench press competition I talked about a few episodes ago that fucked up my shoulder probably eventually. Yeah. Uh, it was that. Where I was like benching and then when I came to the competition, like, yeah, you have to hold it for like a second. Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm used to bouncing that shit. <laughs> I mean, like, that's, and that's where, like, I, I, Paul gives me shit about it because, like, you know, he's like, you know, there's been no studies that show, like, a a slow eccentric on deadlifts provides like any additional benefit. Maybe there's something to that now. Like, cause I, I live with like a one, three protocol. Like I lift at with a rate of one, but I, I am um, lower at the rate of like two to three. It's just, it's, you know, I think what I also realized <clears throat> what also messed up my back is when I've deadlifted, I've never been uh, a traditional deadlifter when I start to go heavy. I'm a yeah. sumo deadlifter. Uh, and I think that for me, at least, maybe it's just because I, I, I like the way that feels. I feel like it, it, I feel I have a better posture when I do that because I'm not bending over as much. I'm dropping yeah, yeah. my butt more and my, I'm, my back is more upright. So I'm still engaging my back and I definitely feel oh, it in yeah, my yeah. back, but I don't feel like i'm risking the curvature of my back so much at the and lower I mean, lumbar area and that's terrible too i mean i was using a fucking trap bar yeah <laughs> which is like which my math was like way off on that we actually need to go weigh that thing um <laughs> You're like how much is this way i don't know 
was like, I think <laughs> it might be 300. I think it might be 310. I don't know. But it was the last rep of the, the last set, which, which sucks. So that's put me out of commission for the past couple of days, which is why I missed on Thursday and and it's that that annoyed me a little bit so I had to make it in today regardless yeah well, I'm, whether I was I'm on the glad mat you came. And actually doing it it was good to have you on the mat yeah and we definitely been trying to have uh, or Paul I know has been trying to emphasize the idea of having more people uh, observing supervising there's something to that because he can't be everywhere right exactly like, and I'm happy if if I get enlisted to do that I'm happy to do it because I I almost feel like in a way it. it it's almost as it's as beneficial, if not more beneficial, for me to be in that role in a fundamentals class because now I get to look at things from a different perspective. Yeah, and so I get a deeper understanding it. of doing it. You know, so uh, I'm very appreciative and enjoy that whenever I have an opportunity to do that. Plus, I don't have to do the warm up again, so that's always fun. It was <laughs> a pretty killer warm up too, yeah, wasn't it? Like, Everyone's giving me shit about that for some reason. <laughs> is that is that like not a? Uh is not a, that not a normal warm up for fundamentals class? No, that was a normal warm up. It was. Yeah. Why was Rick giving me shit about it? I don't know. Because I guess they don't know how to forward shrimp. I don't know. I guess not, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like you know, what's funny is like we all have like certain things that we do during a warm up, and our idiosyncrasies. Yeah, and I guess like I'm the only one who does a forward shrimp. Mark does his little. No, like, Mark will do. Uh, Mark will do all all like four versions of a shrimp. He'll do. For uh, normal shrimp, uh, coming up and butt scooting shrimp, forward shrimp, side shrimp, both ways. So and by that point, everyone yeah. is, is is like is, they're shrimped out. Yeah, they're shrimped out. They're fucking bubba gumped. Like <laughs> yeah, like just <laughs> like <laughs> what? Okay, so what are your thoughts on? Because we've discussed this a handful of times. You've seen the sort of like little um, sheet that Paul gave us about like the idea of. Like what a proper warm up yes. should be and that sort of thing. And so, when is a student supposed to learn these basic movements? If if a warm up shouldn't require too much technical instruction, when is the person supposed to learn these sort of like calisthenics? So, <clears throat> me personally, I prefer. In my perfect world, I would say, hey the person has already gotten there 10 minutes to 15 minutes early. They've done what they need to do for their bodies to get loose. And then when they walk on the mat, we're doing movement flows to get loose. That's me. Okay. I think that's you as a, as, but that's as me. a more advanced intermediate student now. So. <clears throat> yes. And I've also, I also played athletics all exactly. my life. So I've developed that. I believe in fundamentals. People need to be, you have to assume that the student needs to be taught how to warm up for jujitsu. So then hopefully they can do those movements on their own when, in order to get them, their bodies ready. Because I think everyone needs to learn what their body needs. So maybe they have tight hips. So I find, for example, I need to stretch my groin. Okay. Interesting. Have you pulled your groin? That, that I I've pulled my groin. I've had minor. That's the injury that happens to me most frequently, that I would consider quasi serious. Really? When I train, I get a mild groin pull, and that's not good. And that happens. No, it doesn't last. I mean, it's nagging and stuff, but it doesn't. It's not too bad. But what ends up happening is it's the result of not warming up. It's a result of not doing a strengthening exercise that I do weekly, and then. You Most importantly, 
um, what ends up happening is if let's say we end up, I'm not stretching too much and I'm either doing, so I remember vividly, I did a scissor sweep on Ryan Wilkerson when I wasn't warmed up. Oh my God. That I, I tweaked it. I've also had people knee slice me hard when I was cold and that stretching of my groin with their shin going across it has messed with it. So I know wow. for my body that that's something I need to just, not baby, like I just, if I take care of it, I'm fine. But if I don't take care of it, that's a, that's a higher risk area for injury sure. for me. But that comes from years of knowing your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so people have to develop their body awareness. How when long it, do you think that takes? Have I what? How long do you think that takes? Good question. I, I don't know. You're getting a light beer, by the I way. really don't know. But yeah. it's, uh, it depends, man. Like, I'm also into this stuff, too. Did you say you're religious? No. No, no, I said I'm into this stuff. Oh, you're into this stuff. Okay. I'm into like, this stuff. I was like, so what the hell? I think, um, I think in the case of, of a fundamentals class, they need to be shown the movements. They need to be shown how to stretch different parts of their body, and then they there need to figure so out. There are so many different movements to jiu-jitsu, right? So, like, I was oh, just thinking about this, right? Let's relate this to weightlifting. So, there are four sort of like basic movements for weightlifting, right? There's a pressing, mm-hmm. a pulling, mm-hmm. whether it's horizontal or vertical plane, mm-hmm. a squat, and a hinge, right? Like mm-hmm. that's that's it for weightlifting. Anything else beyond that is just like variations and extrapolations right. of those movements. What are the basic movements of... You want to you trade? You want my 7%? Have the rest of my 7%. It's the same amount. I don't care. Have that. That's going to taste like puke, just so you know. I'll drink this Keystone Light. That's there fine. There we go. Keystone. Keystone and jiu-jitsu. It's, I don't like bitter beer face, man. I will say this. I believe, and, and I've been talking to Paul about this, and maybe in the future this will be implemented in the gym, but having a adding an, an additional class to our schedule that for, accommodates brand new students. I think that's super necessary, and, right? Like, And that way, it would address explicitly, one of the things it would address is explicitly what you're talking about, which is in a fundamentals class, you can shout out yes. a, re- a reasonable number of warm-up commands Exa- and they know and what they are. People shouldn't know, right? So like, that's, the, that's the system of like 10th Planet, right? Have you seen the 10th Planet warm-up system? Oh, I've I, yeah, I've seen those flows. I've seen the flows. I oh my god! It's yeah. like I don't think you and I could do that. They're basically like you've seen the Roy Dean testing. Oh right? yes, absolutely. Like Peter's Crucible, right? Like these like fucking twenty sequence movements. Oh. Those are their warm ups, dude. I think it. Yeah, and I I think it's I think good. There's some merit in that. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But yeah. I think there's a difference between doing movement flows to warm up. And actual exercise that are specifically, they're not jujitsu related. They're just, you like know, people stretch. need to learn how to forward trip. Well, like, I think we should do more in fundamentals. We should do more just basic stretching. Like you'd almost see like a baseball team. Like we, we, we should do lunge and twist. We should do, Oh, you want to get hamstring. all like super. Yeah. Stre- like, like get, get everyone's like joints and, and ligaments all warmed up and the mobility. Then do the jujitsu movements like hip escapes and shrimps and that sort of thing regardless i think those things when covered in a one like on fundamental class, fundamental yeah the intro class you know the basics of jujitsu so i used to dog it but maybe you're saying because my buddy back in the day when i was like a blue belt you know no i drank like three quarters of that and she could finish the rest of it 
We actually it's, have, it's we, actually have a, we have a, a small audience here, so that's um, we're interacting with our audience. But so like they're judging us. Traditional jujitsu, right? Like you want to think back to my buddy joined a Pablo Popovich school. Yeah, down in South Florida, and he completely like you join. It doesn't matter what belt you are. You have to take basically six months, I think, or maybe I don't know. Maybe it's not six months. I'm over exaggerating. I'm also drunk. Um, Popovich is good, man. I've heard. No, like, I know he's a like Abu Dhabi badass, man. Abu Dhabi like middleweight champion. Um, you teach like he's beaten Marcelo. Has he? I believe he has. Man, you do study this. I've, but, no, yeah, I've like, heard Paul mention this guy. Like, yeah, yeah. So he's he's in like uh, like Dania Beach or something, right mm-hmm. down in South, like Fort Lauderdale area. He, um, my buddy joined his gym back in the day after we all graduated from college and like, we we're all trying to still fight each other and shit. And he, he joined the jiu-jitsu gym and he joined Popovich school. Mind you, this dude wrestled for four years in high school, you know, super athletic, lift weights every day, like portions his meals out and all that stuff still had to take like a month or two or whatever the case is like a mandatory, like you take this fundamental movements class and that's it. How did, he f- how did he feel about that? Because Paul and I have had discussions where it's like... Well, he was maybe insulted. If- yeah, okay. But did he stick with it? Yes. Do you think... No, no, no. Would- he did not stick with it. I take it back. He actually left and joined a straight blast gym, and it- which he loved. So, and th- I think that's where the exception, Paul's already saying, if the person has prior grappling experience, you throw them into fundamentals. Or you, you accelerate them through the lessons. Because not all the lessons are movements. Some of the lessons are, this is closed guard. This is side control. Yeah. This is mount. When do you think the theory mount. needs to begin then? I'm sorry? When do you think the theory needs to begin? Theory? Yeah. So like, for example, today, like I, I was, I'm injured, right? So I was walking around fundamentals and I was trying to help out the white belts. And I'm not sure where the breakdown is where I just need to lay off of my like theory of jujitsu and just like work on the technique at hand, explain it later. I think people as white belts, they, it's probably hard for most people to connect the dots early on. They should just focus on the technique and then oh, as they develop over months and years, they'll start to see how it falls into the lattice of jiu-jitsu and understand how jiu-jitsu works. But I don't think telling a person we're doing a hook sweep and apart from explaining why it works, you don't need to necessarily go in beyond that. Really? You don't think I so? don't. I think because I think it's going to overwhelm. I think the beginner is just trying to do the technique and learn how to control and move their body. Keenan, okay. I, 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 I hate to reference another podcast to bring it in here, but the last, the most recent Matt Burn that I listened to with Cornelius and Josh, Keenan brought up a, a point that you and I can identify with with people we know which is they were talking about what's the deal with men going with women okay that's the second time they've addressed that I yeah think, but right? they attacked it from a different angle and what Keenan brought up is apart from that there are people that don't understand body mechanics they don't understand their body they don't understand if I if I shift my weight and I outweigh the person by 80 pounds, this will happen. They don't have much body awareness. And we know people yeah, that yeah. do very well in jiu-jitsu, but they don't have body awareness, which is what makes them dangerous. Is it their own body awareness or is it awareness but of... They don't understand how bodies work. 
they don't this understand you know they just don't understand the consequences they, like imagine a leg reap yeah someone with body awareness will understand that if i if a reap's happening you the person being reaped if you go with it you're okay you forget about the risk of being a foot locked or something but just that movement and what it's doing to your knee yeah this is how your knee has to bend this is if you have awareness that makes sense if you don't have awareness if you're doing it or you're receiving it there's a higher risk of injury you know so where does this learning of awareness come in well one would think it's in I'm hoping I mean there's going to be some people that are hopeless I think unfortunately I think that's fair to say <laughs> but I would think that most people especially if that stuff is discussed I think people will develop that over time through experience and hopefully that experience is not like a punishing experience where they have a no, traumatic and injury be, and then they're like shit I don't shouldn't do that again you know I, I think it usually happens too and this is where I think People who are used as ukes a lot yeah. tend to teach better because when you feel it on yourself, you tend to be able to reproduce that on another person. Yeah, it's weird how that works. I, it, I, still, right, don't, like, I still don't understand how feeling something allows you to reproduce it. Because it shouldn't I, work that way, right? Because you're not seeing the motion as a whole. Correct, but like it does, it, it does. definitely does. One hundred percent, I agree. Because maybe it's like a, a, there's a certain amount of like empathy with that too, like because you're you're like okay, like he made me feel this, so you you generally have a good idea of how to do that to make the other person feel mm-hmm. that, you know. Um, no, that, that's a that's a crazy thing. I, I, I maybe there is something to just a purely movements class. I Maybe think we is. could I think we're always we could always probably drill movements more. Absolutely. The problem is with purpose though. The yeah, but the problem is movements just like a drill heavy class from a commercial point of view. Yeah. Does that is sell? Not the is most that appealing? appealing? Probably to a smaller segment, yes, but to the larger segment it, and you but if that's all they the know, perhaps, I mean, perhaps that's all, if that's what they're introduced to early on, then. I mean, I remember when I did Capoeira for a year, for the first week to two weeks. Did you Juru a lot? Jinga. Jinga? Yeah. Oh, no, Juru is, is fucking C-Lot, I think. Yeah, I don't I know. I'm, I'm not familiar with that term. Yeah, but sorry. They had me stand, everyone was doing their thing, and... The coach had me in front of the mirror doing the Jenga the entire class for I think two weeks. Really? Just to, just to get that, just to get that, and not that I got it in two weeks. Is it J E N G A? I think it's a G. A G. Jenga. G. A soft, a soft G, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Jenga. <laughs> but um, uh, and actually, Capoeira from a movement perspective is great. oh, it's probably better than. I mean, it's basically gymnastics, right? Exactly. Which we can, there's, a, there's a lot of great movement dynamics, especially if you get into, um, you know, um, capoeira show is what my instructor called it, which is, you know, when you add more acrobatics to it. Is that not fighting capoeira? Um, so they would... I don't remember the terms too well, but when capoeira was more considered a fighting kind of thing, the jingo was... 
reduced. Like we were talking a lot smaller steps and right, 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 yeah. there were a lot of kicks. But it was it was definitely uh, it was a great exposure. The people I trained with were awesome, and it was great exposure to How Brazil long was and that, the martial the art. That was uh, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. How long? So quite a bit before you started yeah. jujitsu. Yes. Do you see any sort of like common denominators between culturally Brazilian capoeira and Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Absolutely. Really? And it's the Brazil. It's the Brazilian influence. Of course, right? The Brazilian influence, the... I call it the endearing laissez-faire nature of it, you know, right. where you don't have to start right on time and you probably go a little late. But that it's also like depends the Latino on the Latino time thing. Yeah. That's more like, yeah. And I also got to understand what's probably not uniquely Brazilian, but just the the nature of, you know, what happens when two gyms, people from two gyms interact with one another. Oh, really? So that, that exists there too. Oh yeah. Is it like, okay. Is so it what that, what that, what that would amount to is let's say you have, are a there Florida. trade secrets though? I mean like movements movement though, right? Like, I don't know about that. I, okay. I, I'm not in it. I wasn't in it long enough I mean, to know that. Year, so but yeah. all I can say is, to the, what I'm talking about is, is situations where you would have a, a a joda, which is, you know, you'd have a circle, they're playing the bidimbao, and you have people from multiple schools participating. And the way it works, it actually, I'll tell you one thing, it, it taught me to be more assertive because no one's, there's no turns. It's not like next person in line jumps in. The way it is, is two people start, they enter, they start, they start doing their thing. Yeah, they start yeah, yeah. doing capoeira and they're flowing there. And then somebody will come to the front, step in, insert themselves between the two people at the person they want to continue with and the other person backs out. Okay? Really? That's so it's like at the bar, like, hey, I'm ready for a drink. Exactly. So in, in, in essence, it would be, it would, imagine we would all sit in a circle and two people are rolling and then one of us decides to go in, insert our hand and slap bump the person we want to roll with like interrupt them slap bump and then one person scoots out and we go in hmm. what but what's happening is you can just stand there and watch and no one's telling you to go in there so at right, the right, beginning right. when you're when you feel like you don't have the skill you're embarrassed you're shy whatever you just stand there and the whole thing happens and you didn't get in and a good instructor will probably nudge you to get in there but you know a person who's not assertive is going to get in there maybe once where someone who doesn't give a shit and is assertive is going to get in there five, six, seven times. So that's the difference between coming to a training and rolling like five times and rolling once, you know? Now, granted, the amount of time you're in there is going to range from 10 to 30 seconds, depending on right, how right. things are going and what people feel and all that stuff. But we should do that for jujitsu one day. How cool. Is for, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> just get in there whenever you want. So as a result, I, it, it taught me assertiveness in a situation where I'm like, I'm the foreigner in a foreign country, and yeah. you know this. I was doing this in Spain, so I was in Spain. Capoeira made its way to Spain. Oh yeah, there are a this lot. This must of, have been like this has got to be the the product of only the strong. Oh, a product of what? Only the strong. It's dude. It's just a lot of a lot of Brazilians are oh are immigrating. Sort of there. like yeah, Brazil to Portugal to Spain. Yeah, I'm guessing. Okay, they're just right. getting out of there. So, in terms of besides that oh so i was talking about is what happens when two schools get together so you have a rota that you have a hoda that it's like you've got people in a line and or it's not a line but they're in a circle people are playing you have people now from multiple schools if people from different schools are in there and yeah. one person does not observe etiquette 
What happens? The instructor from the other school comes in and embarrasses slash beats the shit out of that really? person. And that's how shit happens. And what's What's funny is it deteriorates into Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Does it really? <laughs> yeah, they you start grappling. They, yeah, they start. They like slam, and now they're in someone's guard, and they're grappling. Really? And they shoot a double leg, and like it turns into jiu-jitsu. That's awesome. <laughs> why do okay? Why did only strong completely leave that part out? Because like that's the more interesting part. Like I don't. Even I see mean, they're not trying to grapple, but it, in fact, it's considered almost bad etiquette unless you really are to comfortable touch, with the right? person to touch. Right, right, right. And even like, you know, if you're trying to do like a trip, you're supposed to like gently touch the person. But as a beginner, I was told you can't touch anybody. Really? And they can't touch you. And then as you get more comfortable, you know, with the people, you know, like you can like, oh, I was going to trip you there. Ooh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. no one's like throwing a kick and touching. And, you know, that's obviously that's that's yeah, bad. Yeah, that's bad. But it's like stuff like trips. And then if people are kind of aggressive, like there are a couple guys that were. I won't call them what we would consider schizos, but they didn't give a shit. You know, they would do scissor takedowns. Really? Scissor like takedowns. Yeah. And that like interrupts the flow and then everyone's like, opa. And then, then you they the kind of reset. Yeah, they go like, to the beginning, they slap bump and they start, they go back to really? cartwheeling and doing the jinga. That's, that's really interesting. I mean, like, because the big thing for me, um, music is such a big part of Capoeira and the music was never, like, I didn't, I tried to learn the songs like Parana Way, Parana Way. Which, by the way, Parana. is actually P A R A N U E. <laughs> All you gringos out there who say, who think it's B A N A, Vana, N E W A Y. It's not that. Every gringo out there. But the music's um, awesome. And as you're supposed to progress, at least in my group, because my instructor. Uh, contra mestre batuque g mestre huh contra oh. mestre what, con- what does contra that even me- mean that's like one level below contra oh, mestre like con- it- counter master I, uh, yeah he's, he's the son of the mestre is above that okay um, he was a he's like a good singer mestre. he was a good singer and a good uh, percussionist he's a good musician so m- everyone that I knew that was a higher belt they knew how to sing I mean, and is, I was is it like, singing I, I'm or like, is it like just chanting? No, no. Like they would, they would have their solos. Like they would, they would be singing. We're doing the part, and they would sing solos in there. And I'm, I'm like, fuck, you know, like I. So I'm forgive a hard time my. With this. So forgive my. Um, you know, my, my ignorance of. So there's other songs other than. Oh yeah. Bada Nule? Lot, yeah really? Of, yeah. It's really good. So. But. <laughs> Uh, oh, so we're right. getting interrupted. <laughs> Nick, the Nick Paul stories is the ones we're most interested in. <laughs> Embarrassing Nick Paul stories is what we're looking for. Um, so pick up. I, a what? I got a lot oh, of. I, I got. I'm very appreciative of, of of that one year I did Capoeira because I got exposed to what it's like to be in a martial arts community. Sure. Especially a Brazilian influenced one. Still and not a traditional awesome. martial arts community. Like that's interesting too. No, never it's did like, karate or anything. You know, because it's not, I mean, it's, and that's interesting about Capoeira too, because like we always associate jujitsu with the Eastern side of things, right? Mm-hmm. Like things that come from karate and judo and a systemized sort of like either scholastic academic or even militaristic approach to training martial arts. Whereas, like, capoeira is a completely, I mean, a Western martial art, right? Like, 
Well, do you know the history of Catboy? Like the real basic. I history? mean, like I know the romanticized version of the. Like they were slaves and they had this guy fighting as dancing, and I mean, yeah. like that's super romanticized, and I'm sure that that was the case. But if that were the if that were also the case, and it was a super effective martial art, not saying that it's not, then shouldn't everybody be doing it as well? Like, shouldn't that have like, shouldn't that cream have risen to the top in terms of like, shouldn't that have beaten jujitsu in Valley Tudo and whatnot, right? Like, or is it because it's so attribute based? Or was it not systemized well enough in terms of like organizing to be able to disseminate to other? I'm not going to take a stance on how to categorize Capoeira as a fighting system against other fighting systems like Muay Thai or Jiu Jitsu. What I can tell you is I definitely, and it was it was common among everybody, which is, is this fighting or is this like choreographed ballet? We all said that. And, and the way the people that explained it to me was it's depending on how it's being done and there are different styles of it. There's capoeira, uh, re, regional capoeira. God, I can't even do it in Portuguese. Regional? Yeah. Hijonal. Capoeira, hijonal. There's capoeira. Um, shit, what's the other one? There's a capoeira form where they do the jinga is really weird and tight. And I'm forgetting the name, and they're going to kill me for not remembering this, so I apologize. Um, there's another type of capoeira. And basically, it's to me, it's, it's an art form that is... There's something unique about going in there and flowing with someone and almost challenging each other athletically and dynamically when people that are good go at it in capoeira it's like a tit for tat like i'm throwing a kick and you are just barely ducking it and throwing your own kick it's like like how 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 small can it's we like shrink the chicken, margin error? Yeah, how can we like shrink the margin of error and get in sync with what the other person is doing so it's 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 a flow thing it's definitely a body movement thing is it the best combat system? I don't know. Probably. I not. mean, honestly, it's like, but it's it, it's from really a, beautiful from a and it's culturally body development. It's, it's Brazil. Like, oh, sure, it, sure. That, and, and I think that to me is what is so special about it, you know. But I can tell you that it never viscerally got me addicted to it like jujitsu has. Really? What? 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 I, I mean, like, I, had I imagine the community room. of it is incredibly strong. The what? Right. The community aspect of it. Yeah, but I, I was. I was really into, I had a great core group of friends that I trained with and that's, I trained three days a week and it was great and I, and I, and I loved it and I'm still friends to, with those people to this day, but that was like a moment in time that was really special. About like eight to nine, like a year later, I had left because I came back to the States and people had also gone their separate ways because of life really? and that, I called it like the golden era. It was like we had this gym. It's called Guzman el Bueno on the street. Guzman el Bueno in Madrid, and it was this small. It was a small gym where this old like Spanish owner would let us train in in this back area with with mirrors. And he always had like this this calendar of girls in like scantily clad women doing like bad workout like workout poses that were not workout poses but more like showing off their attribute showing yeah. off their attribute poses and. In fact, the in fact we took a picture of that, and that was like the name of our Facebook group or our WhatsApp That's group. Awesome. We used that, the Guzmán Bueno group, and 
one of those guys, uh, Antonio, that we called Nono, he is now like a massive CrossFitter. He's really? like he he's probably the biggest, or if not one of the biggest, CrossFit guys in Spain. Really? Everybody that gets uh, gets certified in Spain has come f- through him. So he was one of the earliest adopters of it. He's ma- I mean he's Jack. He's an athletic freak. He did Grav Maga. He's done karate. He can do the Jean Claude Van Damme kick like to the ceiling. Right, like right. He, he's just a freak, and he's tried everything. But so now he he's found a pro- the thing that probably has a stronger community. Or I, I honestly I never talked to him about what got him into it. I just know that's what he does, and it's like he's isolated himself now in that community. Like he is, that's what he does day in and day out. Isolated himself from Capoeira. Like oh yeah, he, he no longer does Capoeira. CrossFit. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And to the point where it's like, our, like our friends, are like you want to hang out? It's like no, I'm I'm in the box. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Like yeah, I'm wadding. So, yeah, so that's I mean I understand that's life. People go their separate ways, but I, the Capoeira thing was definitely more about the people than the art and with jujitsu it's as much like if everyone here left and this gym just ceased to to exist i would find another place to train right right. whereas in that case and you would also probably still stay in contact with the people you train with well i stay in the people i stay in touch with the people i train with but not everyone trains anymore that's true yeah whereas i think in jujitsu at least the people i know we would all go separate ways but we'd hopefully still be training like jb jb's still training in seattle John is, is that where he is now? You know. So that I think is kind of the difference there. So, we'll see. I hope uh, he's going to find a good community. Cuz mm-hmm. Boston Northeast is growing. He, John's going to find a good I hope so. You know so. Michelle found a new tribe, which is good. I still it's funny cuz like I still think that she she's up there. But like she's still she's not posting about like all these new friends she's making, you know. Michelle? Yeah. I don't know. But Michelle's never talked about friends too much down here with social media. She showed training. I know she sure is. I mean, she'll post memories about, like, good times she had down here and stuff. So we miss her, too. Yeah, but we're the shit, man. We're we're awesome. I mean, like, (laughs) what's that? Did you see, like, Amanda's, you know, recently talked to Michelle? Yeah. She'll find them. Well, she'll fucking heel hooks a couple people. She already did. Like she, no, I, to, I told yeah, you she yeah, got like the she, no no yeah. from like you can't do that. It's not ABGJF legal. So I mean, <laughs> she got like, the waggy that's an finger. interesting thing, right? Like the does she finger. does she go the wagyu finger? Does she's beef? Um, <laughs> does she does she go somewhere else then? No. I, so like, what do you do in that case, right? Like, do you? I think I think she's. Do you modify your game at that point? Do you start if you if you were to move somewhere else? You know, you get a good feel from a gym, but there's just not what you want to do. Do you leave? You have two options. You either say, if it's strictly forbidden in yeah. all scenarios there that you can't do stuff that you enjoy doing, which I don't think is the case in Michelle's case because they have a leg lock It just class. happened to be in... In that particular yeah. gi class, I think they were competition-focused with an IBJJF rule set, so they're like, don't do things, especially at Blue Belt. Right, right. That aren't... That aren't within the room. I mean, set. yeah, that, that's And a it's lot. also like, how long has she been at the gym? So they're like, who is this person? And she's, she's fucking inside heel hooking people or she's toe holding people, you know? So, which I don't care, you know, as long as it's not done with malice like Eric does. That's exactly, you yeah. know what I mean? Is it is his malice Well, it's though? not malice. It's just, no, I'll tell you this. He's smiling the entire time. You know what so. he said though? He's like, when I go, I'm trying to win. He told me that. So he admits when he rolls, he's trying to win. So in that respect, it's not malice, but it's aggressive. It's wrenching. It's aggressive wrenching. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm like, come on, bro. <laughs> like, 
Next time, I'm just going to, like, I try to grab his collar, and his beard's so big. Like, I know people talk about, like, oh, I don't want to grab my hair and because I have, you know, I have long hair. Yeah. But I try to grab his collar from the front, and his beard's blocking it. And I'm, like, trying to navigate around that big-ass so, beard. So, okay. And now I'm, like, at a point, I'm, like, fuck this. I'm just going to, like, fucking that's grab an interesting a question, hold right? of his so, Santa like, Claus beard. It's sort of, I mean, we can it. extend upon, like, the boob-punching thing with this, too, right? Because, like, when I <laughs> grapple with somebody who has longer hair... Or I grapple somebody who has a beard or like chest hair or something, right? Like I make a conscious effort to not, I will modify my strategy and my techniques at that given moment to avoid potentially like wrenching their hair or oh, their face. Dude, or their next neck. time I roll with you, I'm taking my, uh, I'm taking my hair band out. I'm letting the hair down. No, like, I'm going to grow a yeah, big beard. Like, You're not going to be able to choke me. My exactly. hair is going to be like, At that point, my- like, I'll just, I'm only grabbing sleeves, right? So like, <laughs> what's the accepted thing with that like yeah i mean you you hear me and tommy roll like we're apologizing more than we're actually trying to attack people what's the accepted thing well i tell people if it happens it happens i tell people that's my problem not yours like if my hair is pinned under your arm and it's going to rip out that's my problem not yours i chose to have is it really is it really i chose to have my hair long and do jujitsu but i should also still be a considered training partner yeah, but this is a vanity thing. Like, it, you know, it's not it's not the end of the world if a little hair comes out. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a fucking pain thing, though. I mean, no, like, it still sucks. A, nah. I mean, I, mean, I, I haven't had long not, hair in years, so I can't speak for it. As long as you're not grabbing my hair and using it as a grip, like you're grabbing the back yeah, of my yeah, hair. Yeah, like chemo, UF, sure, UFC 3. Like Valley Tudo, like, you better yeah. have a shaved head or else someone's just going to grab your hair, you know, and gouge your eyes out. Or, and fish hook them, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I still apologize, and then I'll readjust my fingers, I'll pause for a minute, you know? I like, mean, it shouldn't... At the same time, are we, we, we really shouldn't be going that hard where your timing is so critical that you have to go through my hair anyway. I mean... You know what I mean? Like We shouldn't be. Yeah, it's like... People are, that's, are, that's if we're going, going super that, fast, right? like, then yeah, this is going to happen. If we're, going, if we're flowing more, then it's not going to happen. So, I, you know, it's one of those things. But my question for you, shifting gears slightly, but I wanted to bring this up because yeah. you've been doing this a lot longer than I have. I'm at a point right now where I feel as though I'm going in a bunch of different directions with techniques. Sure. No, nothing's bad, but I feel like when I go with higher level guys, I'm almost kind of, I wouldn't say paralyzed, but I'm not committing to doing one specific thing and I end up getting overwhelmed because those guys are more decisive in what they do. Think about playing guard. I'm like, oh, I want to play a little lapel guard. Maybe I want to play single X. Maybe I'm going to play X. Maybe I'm going to do this. I'm gonna, I, all this stuff's in my mind. I'm not saying like, I'm going to go to this guard and go to this and try to sweep like this. I'm not playing that. I'm just kind of like, let me mess around with stuff. Yeah. But when I roll with higher level guys, which happens as you get better, you end up getting paired up with better people. They're passing with more, as you like to say, purpose. So what I'm wondering is, being a guard player in particular, did you have moments where you felt like you didn't know which way to go in terms of giving yourself objectives? And how did you kind of cope with developing your guard? I still feel that way, man. Like, honestly, like, <laughs> as silly as it sounds, I still feel that way. But I also have to think back to something JB and I had a pretty lengthy conversation about is, like, the idea of trying to impose a game 
produces expectations. And he offered advice to me and gave me feedback of like what roles he and I were excellent and what roles he felt like I was struggling, right? And every single one that he said, I, he's like, man, like you were hard on this and blah, blah, blah. And you did really well there and blah, blah. You know, I mean, he's still going to beat the hell out of everybody basically in the gym, except for Paul and a handful of other people. Um, it was always the ones where, excuse me, they were always the ones where I truly tried to live in the moment and not try to force things and grabbed whatever opportunities are available and not to get super philosophical about things, but like he and I both are, you know, we're sort of like traditional martial artists and we try to like nut hug Bruce Lee a little bit. And that's one of those things is like, where nunchucks. You sh- what's that? He had nunchucks. He, he did have nunchucks. Nunch- he would do nunchuck drills here. Yes, he did. I mean, and even like upside down hanging off of the top of the, uh, the pull up bar. That's true. Like, like he sit had up the gravity boots, <laughs> you know, the gravity boots with like a weighted vest on of all things. Um, you know, he always said like the ones where I did the best were the ones where I thinking back were the ones where I just tried to grab what was available in front of me at that very moment. I mean, like, not to quote Matt Thornton, but I'm going to anyway. You know, you being an SBG guy who is uh, an extension of JKD, isn't that the idea of martial arts is just truly living in the moment, right? And just, and that's if you see if you see an opportunity, seize it and grab it and take it, right? And that's all you can do is live in the moment. Or is it is jujitsu the beauty of jujitsu trying to become so familiar with so many systems? that you always have an available tit for tat, right? Like, is, is that it? Is it technique collection or is it a deeper understanding of jujitsu to be able to respond appropriately at any given second, at any given situation? And, and that's a big, that's the big thing, right? Like to separate the idea of, living in the moment versus becoming this mechanical man, as Bruce Lee likes to say, right? Like at one point you're living in pure chaos. And the other point, if you're only depending on your systems available to you, then you become this robot, right? Like where's the balance? Where do you like, what is the ultimate in learning? What is the ultimate in performance? And maybe that's, I tend to be a more systems based person, right? So I tend to get an, uh, paralyzed by analysis, but I mean, JB said himself, who's easily one of the best performers at the gym, when I did the best was when I wasn't thinking and I was just feeling and taking. So I have a couple of observations about that. One, I think what you're saying is a little more applicable when rolling with JB because JB himself rolls that way. Yes. Try doing that with Kali who, or Ryan Wilkerson, people that are committed to doing one thing. Sure. You know, or anybody, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying when doing one thing, that's not a slight at all. That's like, there's a purpose. So, or Nick Paul, like I spent the entire time trying to pass Nick Paul's half guard. That's most of the time you roll with Nick Paul. You're trying to pass his half guard. How, how dynamic can you get if you're getting the same look? So JB is a guy who he's advocating an approach, but he also practices it. And if you have two people that are taking what's being given to them, you're going to get roles that are very dynamic and very yes. flowy and very right. open. But if you go with people that's like, 
I'm not going to let you pass my half guard. I'm going to go to half guard, and I'm not going to let so you pass. So isn't it the onus on the person who has to respond to that person's system then? Yes, but what I'm saying is in that case... But they're so good at it. I'm, that in that case, how can you... You're going to have to apply what you know about passing half guard. Like right. you're, you're, you're being funneled. Like you, JB, to my recollection, did not funnel as much. He was just he was just he was doing very it. good at yeah yeah. But like, if you deal with someone who funnels, well, you're getting funneled. So now you have to deal with that. So I think that already. I think I'm not I'm not disagreeing. I actually agree with what you what JB said and w- what you're saying. But I do think it's m- it's even more noticeable when both people are of that mindset. I remember a a role I had with Chihuahua towards the end before he left to go to New York, and it was awesome because we none of us were playing too much tight pressure. And he moves a lot, and I was trying to keep up with him. So yeah. we were moving a lot, and we were rolling. We were doing back takes. It was it was a fun roll. There was no... Isn't that the essence of jiu-jitsu then? Not necessarily. The essence of jiu-jitsu could be what Paul's been doing to me lately. And getting, it's smashing the fuck yeah, out of you? Getting, getting a shoulder in my face, getting a cross face, getting heavy, pinning my shoulders, and not letting me do anything. And slowly advance, and just... Is that that's just Paul's game though, right? Like, and that's where and that's where. So I mean, and that's the approach that we have to take a look at when it comes to jiu-jitsu. Because, and not to say that you're not as skilled as as like a JB, which you and I cannot speak for that. Like we're we're not as skilled as JB, right? Like I think in the instance of JB approaching somebody who's trying to do with purpose, like Paul, JB could potentially force different looks. Right, like because there's no movement in jujitsu that's so efficient that it's not open to some sort of a counter, right? Correct. I mean, like there, there's got to be something, right? So it's just a matter of finding or creating the opportunity. In this case, Paul is so good at honestly shutting down anything and everything that we could try to do. We just haven't had the mat time and haven't had the experimentation and the you know infinite amount of monkeys to be able to figure out what that counter is at, at the given moment to to counter that um, immediate amount of pressure right like i mean i well i'm watching paul do this half guard stuff today and i realize like man like what he's addressing right now in terms of like getting that underhook and shooting your legs through and getting your hook in from the bottom position and I realized, like, I'm only half-assed doing the response that Paul is saying a good person would do, right? So now, you can, because it is a big part of my game, is that butterfly half. Mm-hmm. I guess that butterfly half, no problem, and can, in general, aside from a certain few, few people, regain my butterfly guard. Now I know that he's opened it up to that I can start engaging that more and, and really initiating that. Um because I just haven't had enough time to play in that particular position, right? Um, but let's extrapolate that to like every position, and and I and just to be able to feel every angle, and 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 to be able to feel every pressure, right? To alleviate a pressure, to create an angle, to create an opening, et cetera, et cetera. What? Where, where, where's the art come in? Like to separate. And not to go back to the conservative conservatism of jujitsu, right? Like, where's the true jujitsu in that? You you just said it yourself. 
you know, Paul's performing excellent jujitsu by smashing you and blah, 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 which is, that's good too. Right? Like, that's not to say that, like, the flowing, crazy, like, scramble of, like, a cloud of dust with arms and legs flying out, like, you and Chihuahua were doing as bad jujitsu. No, but for me, it's, it's, from a development point of view, it's, I'm trying to optimize my growth. So, sure. I'm at a situation where it appears as though I need to commit to something in order to further yeah. develop it against good resisting opponents. Right. But the ultimate goal would be identify what's the optimal system to apply given what the opponent's giving you. Meaning, let's say I'm practicing single leg X. Okay, well, I'm going to enter Delaheve and, and try and get an, an entry into single leg X. But maybe that person is... If the person especially knows I'm trying to do that, then they're going to do something where it's less ideal, but they're giving me an entry into something else. But if I'm just focused on funneling the single leg X, I'm going to try and be overcoming a much... It's not the path of least resistance. Right. I feel like jujitsu could be characterized as, beautiful jujitsu could be characterized as taking the path of least resistance at all times. Being able to see like, oh, I'm in Delaheva, but oh my God, that lapel is dangling now. I can grab the lapel and now enter a lapel guard scenario, right, right. you know, as opposed to the lapel is tightly, it's like in his belt and I'm going to reach for it I'm going to fumble with it the guy's going to be like oh my god he's going for my lapel and I don't have any frame because but I'm that's, I'm, that's inefficiency you know what I mean? right like that's that's counter to jujitsu well but the thing is I need to get better at stuff like me just sitting there when I'm I I need to develop all the systems first before I'm able to pick them at will and that's kind of my thing. Well, that's just time then. That's purely time at that point, right? Like, But is the quicker way to develop is to commit myself to a system and work that system live and just say like, okay, I know such and such entries into single leg X. I'm, and that's what I've honestly been considering. Just funnel the single leg X like, like no, like no other. I know, a, I know a fair amount of entries into that position. Just kind of work it, work it, work it. Even if it means like, it's obvious. I'm telegraphing it. They're going to start defending that, and I don't bother. Like, let me go to a butterfly sweep, or let me go to a Delaheva sweep. Then you know, doesn't that hamper your jujitsu development as a whole? Because all you're worried about is just that single leg X. But if you get better at that, then you can move. I don't know. That that's my question for you. I don't know. I mean, like, <laughs> it depends on what your goals are, right? Uh, like, my goal is to get as is to optimize my improvement. So how do you, okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to use our, our little gaming analogies here, right? Like we've got a barbarian. Yeah. You know, you want to, you want to just, do you, do you load into strength or do you bring up intelligence, dexterity, et cetera, et cetera? <laughs> I figure out what the best in item slots are or the best in oh, slot that's, items that's good, are. Okay. That's a good then, point. And like, then figure out what the requirements are in terms of. <laughs> strength agility so that's the thing right like is jujitsu <laughs> about and this this we, we may have gone full circle end of podcast at this point is jujitsu about only strengthening your strengths and sharpening that or is it about bringing up your weaknesses also or is it bringing up your strengths or excuse me bringing up your weaknesses to be able to funnel to your strengths or is it, you know, like, because everybody's think, got their own game and that sort of thing. Right? Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I think the answer is depends entirely on the person. 
I think the person has to be, and I think it, if we really want to go out to philosophy, I think it, it kind of has to do with my philosophy on life. It, it's like I believe that a person should, a person's goal should be to be the best version of themselves. Doesn't sure. necessarily need to be the best version of something according to some criteria, but the best version of them. And I think the same thing is with jujitsu. You told me early on, jujitsu is a manifestation of a person's personality. So if a person wants to be the next Hadolfo Rivera, then do a few things really, really well, yeah. better than anyone else, and dominate with those strengths. If you're someone that enjoys breath, even though you're not going to have the best knee cut in the world, potentially, or the best uh, half guard pass in the world. But guess what? You can play lapel. You can play spider. You can play anything, you know, and it's fun and you can die. Whatever is making you happy and fulfilled as a, as a practitioner of jujitsu really is what's important. So for me right now, there's a competitive side of me that's a, in conflict with, there's really the ego is in conflict with my desire to learn all the techniques under the sun. Sure. Right. I'm practicing lapel guard. I'm practicing. I'm pra I'm I'm spending probably a little too much time looking at different sources of information. You know, and I've tried to actually What's wrong with recently. That? That's just if that brings you happiness. Then it, do it. Exactly. Exactly. And JB even said like, dude, once you're a blue belt, you just fucking learn on the internet. Like you exactly. Like, I mean, that's like what that's he said. And I was like, that's a bit extreme. <laughs> you know, and I I've definitely tried to reprioritize what Paul's showing as gospel, and then throw in other stuff from there. But definitely the lapel guard stuff that I dick around with is definitely, I think, a great example. Um, the leg lock stuff. Honestly, I don't really leg lock now when I roll unless someone goes for it on me. Right. And then I say, so we're doing leg locks now? <laughs> you know, because honestly, um, I, th I think they're awesome. But I, I'm more interested in trying other stuff. Kind of like what Tommy said, you know, like you hit a move five. I'm not saying I was hitting a move five times and getting bored. It's not that, you know, but I want to learn a breadth of technique. So I'm doing a bunch of stuff. But that's in, that's in conflict with the ego, which is I always want to be performing well in my roles against whoever I go with. Because my ego and my competitiveness says I don't care who I'm going with. I can, I can have a good showing, you know. Yeah, I can, but what dictates a good showing? Like what, what is the... A good showing means, um, I mean, it depends who you're going with, you know, what you're, sure, what, you I mean, know, like, and, yeah. and, and how those roles go with. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think you just know if you're like, oh, fuck, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, that was shitty, you know, or that was fun, you know, or, oh, I, you know, I threatened that person. Whenever I can get a giggle out of Paul, that's a good role, you know. Cause, <laughs> you know well, I mean? that means he's probably whooping your ass, or <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, but I mean, the, you know, but it, the, 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 there's something interesting going you on. Got, there, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? There's Hang something on, I gotta pee. challenging. Break. All right, so am I going to talk by myself here? Am I going to just? You can. Talk? Why I, don't you? Is there someone here that we can enlist? Hang on, hang on, hang on. we got to get someone over here. I think I think Paul's got. He's, he's right, doing. Well, his I thing, will so. pause the podcast yeah. then. All right, Chris, do you feel any lighter now? Way lighter. <laughs> About oh, I drank that. 12 ounce or plus <laughs> probably 10 of the other one. Well, this is definitely the bruise of BJJ. Oh bruise. yeah. So tell me about a time that you were like, what was your favorite time? Like you, you recall, what was it like 
like one stripe purple belt you was like that was the best time you had doing jujitsu like what can, a, man like i think honestly and this sounds terrible but like there was a time where i i literally quit my job i went to go work for um winter springs to go help manage and basically operate that gym yep leading up to that was probably my best time of jujitsu leading up to that leading up to that yeah like so before you like right before i decided to do that that was sort of like oh my, i would think it would happen after like oh i'm gonna be in there and i'm gonna immerse myself in it i mean just for i i don't think i had the best like as an instructor it definitely allowed me to be the best instructor and, and it it, it it definitely helped me sharpen my instructor skills in terms of like having to, d- to develop a curriculum, being purposeful with my teaching. So you were a head instructor? Uh, we were co-instructors. Gotcha. Um, John Sissio was the head instructor of the gym, co-owner of it. And I was basically just sort of like managing things and teaching a, a kickboxing class. Um, we were both four-stripe purple belts at the time. Leading up to that point was when I think I wanted to make the jump because I think I was performing the best. Gotcha. Um, I was training very often. Um, you know, Stacey and I were married and whatnot. Actually, we may not have been married yet. I don't even remember. But we... You I definitely getting, didn't have a son. We definitely didn't have a son. Yeah. Um, but I was getting a lot of mat time in for kickboxing and jujitsu. So what belt rank were you? I was like early purple belt. Early purple belt. Yeah. So, so like, why was this so much fun for you? I think because at that point, I... Not mastered the basics, but like I had a good understanding of jujitsu where I was able to quickly pick up everything that Jose was working on, implement it, and um, and really just like roll without any pressure and just like just just go to class, train, and just like be a student, right? Um, there is. I felt as though like you have to take the focus off of yourself the moment you become an instructor. And I seized the opportunity at that moment because like somebody had quit and blah, blah, blah. And I really wanted to hop into it because I was loving jujitsu so much at that time. Um, that to be, it's sort of like what John, I'm by no means can like comparing myself to John Danner, but when you go from being a student and being able to develop yourself and putting the focus on yourself immediately to having responsibilities to paying students, there, there's something to that. Like you have to, at that point they're paying customers. You have it. The attention needs to be focused on them. Um, you only have so many hours in a day, especially if you're married and et cetera, et cetera. But to try to have to step back and work on yourself, it's, it's hard. Um, so like that's why leading up to that was was a really good time in my jujitsu, like basically one, two, and three stripes in as a purple belt. When you got your purple belt, did you feel like you deserved it, or did you feel like oh shit? No, no, I never deserve. Like, I, it's I don't think anybody ever feels like they deserve anything, or at least they shouldn't. Like that's the that's the goal. Um, I I wasn't a part of. It was also like a time where I was just like the student who showed up a lot and trained a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've always been a part of the gym, but I'm not like a fixture in the gym the way I, 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 I I've, I, at the time I was working a lot. I was working like, you know, I, as much as I do now, 
but I, I wouldn't hang around as much. It was just a matter of like me sort of being selfish, working, going to the gym, training, and going home. And that was it. Like I wasn't giving back as much to the gym as I should or, or you know, should have been or whatever the case was. So in terms of like, I, I didn't even go to like fucking promotions or any of that sort of stuff. Like I was just like, training was for me and me only, you know? Um, it was an, it, maybe it was a little bit of an ego-based thing. Um, but You're like, like, there's promotions in my gyms? Fuck that. I'm going to an open mat at another gym and getting or, my Or just, I just don't care, right? Like, sure. you know, like my, my, it sounds like really shitty, but maybe my training partners were just a means to an end at that point, right? In my own development. Um, I showed up, actually, I didn't go to the promotions. Like once, like I said, I, I try not to expect anything. So I didn't go. Um, I came in the following like Monday or Tuesday and, you know, Jose, I got changed and was a little bit late to class and Jose stopped class and awarded me my purple belt, um, which was a lot of, which was really cool. So I don't feel as though I deserved it, but obviously I did according to Jose, which was cool. Um, which is now verified on beltchecker.com. It is verified on beltchecker. So what are your thoughts on that right now, by the way? So like you see their offering. <laughs> I like how you're taking it off you like enough about me. They're making... <laughs> I just, I mean, I'm just a dude who judges jiu-jitsu, man. Like, I don't, I don't like to, I try not to talk about myself. No, but I'm trying to get a little sense because, you know, it's, you know, you're, you're 15 years plus in, so your perspective's different. I'm just trying to. I also have very different goals, right? Like, so Stacy asked me a while back, and this was when, actually probably during like the prevalent times of jiu-jitsu. She was like, okay, so. Right now, you have two massive loves in your life that are not me. One is comic books. Actually, yeah, yeah. She, she, she really? Would narrow it down she, to said, t- she said that? that? Comic books? And, and mind you, this is it's, it's pre-Connor. I was reading a lot more before then. I mean, like, if you ever see my two bookshelves, like, it's crazy how much I've actually read in terms of I kind of want to go over to your house now. I've never been over to your house. No, you I haven't. Want, I, I, I want to kind of go I need over. to have everybody over for dinner at one point, but... um. It's just, it's no, bed, you don't. Bedtimes are. You weird. don't want that. You don't want that. <laughs> bedtimes are hard. Not everybody. Not like I, <laughs> Jamie and Daisy. God bless you for doing whatever you know, having us as as like Emily's like trying to sleep. Um, but, You're gonna have a USC. You want to host USC tonight? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, with two televisions and a surround sound. Like, oh, my kids are trying to sleep. Uh, it's a wonder that they're not sleeping right now. Um, but um, the. She, she, she's asked me, she's like, you know what, like, what do you, she's like, if you had to give up either comic books or jujitsu, what would you, which one? Like, flat out. And I, I thought long and hard, I was like, man, like, I, I don't know. Like, you know, I had to th- sit back and think long and hard about like, which, what, am, what am I getting out of each right now, right? Um, I think my opinion's changed since then, but I said, honestly, I think I might give up jujitsu. Really? What you were now, gonna give up? You, but now I, it's the opposite, right? Like, I've I've essentially given up comic books and and have reduced my reading to next to none, in lieu of like I need to make time for jujitsu. And at the at that moment, I thought matured. to myself, um, you know, for me at that moment, jujitsu was really a vehicle for fitness. Um, and this is going back to me maybe being a little more selfish about my training. Jiu-Jitsu is a bit more about my fitness and whatnot, and I can just replace that with like weightlifting, like CrossFit or other yeah. cases, right? Um, obviously, that's a little bit different now. I, I, I'm, I'm super invested in Jiu-Jitsu. I, I, I think I 
probably have a much more enlightened view of the I mean, benefits to jujitsu. What's that? He is a black belt. I am, I am a black belt. <laughs> maybe that's what maybe that's maybe that's what Paul saw. He saw the flip switch. He's like he's no longer invested in comic books. Yeah, he's like, invested in jujitsu. In jujitsu, maybe that is. The he case. deserves the black belt now. And and that's where I I, I don't know like it's it's definitely. You know what? Honestly, and, and and maybe thank Connor for this. That was he was probably one of the biggest filters for. If you if you if something's not important to you, you'll find an excuse. If something is important to you, you find a way. You know, like I made it a a a, a, a an effort to find a way to get to jujitsu. Whether it's teaching, whether it's helping out to teach, whether it's like I had to find my mat time. You know come hell or high water to be on the mats after my son came. Didn't so. you just have a physical like need for it? Because like, I feel like just from an endorphin point of view, like the fact that jujitsu is such a strenuous activity, yeah. not doing it, there's like a physical lack. Like I'm physically addicted to it. Right? I, don't, I see. I don't. So addiction is like one of those weird things, right? Like just like, <laughs> and, and I'm going to alienate so many people here. The idea of something like anxiety or the idea of something like addiction, I'm not sure I know what it's like to be addicted to something. I mean, like, there are certain physical physical manifestations if I don't have my caffeine where I literally get a headache or get sleepy. I think there's more an emotional response to me lacking jujitsu, and Stacy notices this too. Is if I don't get in the mat and maybe find a way to like let out my aggression or whatever the case is, then I am a little bit more like snappy. I am a little bit more aggressive. I don't know if it's necessarily like a physical need like you had just described, or a chemical, or a chemical. I mean, like I, I can't sure. speak for that, you know. Like and and just like maybe just kind of going back to what I said a second ago. Like I don't, I don't think I'll ever understand the idea of like something like lingering anxiety that prevents me from doing things. Just like I don't think I can understand like what it is to be truly addicted to something. Is I mean like what is addiction by definition of in terms of like people who say like oh you know like alcoholism for example the the major difference between like somebody who just drinks a lot versus somebody who is an alcoholic is a certain predisposition with like I it it preoccupies your mind that prevents you from doing other things right. Because when I was hiking out in Colorado, a lot of times when I'm on the trail in my own thoughts, I'm thinking about jujitsu. So that you might be addicted to jujitsu, right? Yeah. And at that point, I think myself too, I might be a little bit addicted to jujitsu because even though I can't hear, can't make it here. What was I doing for the past three or four days? I was watching UFC stuff. I was watching, you know, like sort of things that would lend itself to the current curriculum we're doing. Is that to say that I might be addicted to jujitsu? Maybe. I mean, but... What's the? Is there a, a physical or emotional manifestation of addiction? I, I can't speak for that. Um, but so, what were you thinking about as you're hiking? Were you first? First off, were you hiking on your own? I was hiking with my parents, but with a lot parents. of times you're on your own because you're not hiking right next to someone. You know. What were you thinking about? I was thinking about. I was visualizing entries in the leg locks, and if I had inside or outside heel exposure, I was thinking about. Double. <laughs> Hang on. Victor's like, wait a minute. So this is what you fantasize in hikes? Fucking pussy-ass leg entanglements? <laughs> pussy? Whoa. God damn it. I, yes, I said it. God damn it, Noah. I want to hear double, double legs. Double legs. Guard passing. 
Ooh. Are you saying it's it's cheap to leg lock people? <laughs> I don't know. I'm saying it's boring. Boring? Yeah, I'm saying it's boring. Like yeah, I'm just saying it's boring. You know, I feel like it's 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 a lot cooler to just and I'm and I'm not saying they're not effective. They're absolutely effective. They're if and if you're competing, if you can go for a leg lock and it has the way to win, hell yeah, do it. But what's your what's your in your personal idea? What's your opinion of beautiful jujitsu? Like a tough match where guys are going back and forth but i feel like sometimes if you're and again this is recreationally speaking if you're in a competition and your way to win is just go for a leg lock because it's, it's more efficient hell yeah yeah do it fine but if you're if i were to be if, if i'm if i'm like a person watching the sport of jujitsu i don't want to see through. a guy just poke at your, get your leg through so i can get your reverse triangle it's over i don't want to see yeah, it i want to see gotcha. oh it's Jerry. sorry no, I want to see just a back and forth match. The guys are kind of standing up, or or going into guard, or trying to pass, or maybe attacking the leg for a sweep, but not no like oh boop hill hook. I I think that's boring. You know, that's my opinion. So, but what's your for you personally? Not what you want to watch, but if 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 you wanna if you wanna say right now, Victor Padilla, what's my ideal like role and how I feel when I roll? What do you want to be doing? I mean, I want to be scrambling. I want to be, you know, trying to find a superior so position. I, I think, here's the thing. I, I think they're, like, being in a good leg lock position, it, it is a superior position, but mm, it's not, I don't know, I just don't find it. I don't it. know, it's pretty demoralized. So, like, I base my jujitsu on how demoralizing is it for the other person. Yeah, that's that's the way to do it. But what's more demoralizing that somebody is, like, attached to your leg or somebody's sternum is on yeah, your face? Yeah, but, like, what it... They're both equally fucking annoying. I don't I can think, say that much. I think it's more demoralizing to have somebody sturm in my face than somebody attached to my legs, you know? But if you want to do something and they're just attached to your legs and they're controlling your hips... Yeah, because... but, but That's if you, really annoying but if you know and how to defend a heel hook, well. If you know how to defend a heel hook and the person is equally skilled at attacking heel hooks or leg locks, then the match just becomes in sitting in front of each other. And that's happening... So you're talking about like... I. Like if you talk about like an EBI... I don't. I'm not. I, I don't really. You don't watch, watch EBI. EBI. So like that's a, a big part of EBI, right? Like it looks like this is ridiculous game of footsies. But it's, it's not even that because even even and I will go as far as saying that even when both guys are actively hunting for the foot and they're just scrambling it back and forth everywhere, I think that's that's somehow entertaining. But what I'm saying is when the person so, falls and okay, the other person's defending and it's just kind of this. Like, so what are your of, thoughts on the idea and of like attachment? So like I think a lot of times people will I'm quick to let go and maybe I'm not quick to try to force something long enough where does the beautiful jiu-jitsu come in because I think this can relate to what you're you're describing as a lot of like scrambles a lot of you know if you you shoot for something you commit to it it's not that perfect ideal situation you can't finish it so you let go and you move on to something else because the person's obviously countering. I think that's generally what leads to a really good scrambling game of jiu-jitsu, right? Yeah. But then a lot of times you'll see there, there's a pressure game where they are isolating everything and they're usually generally able to finish. Like think of just Paul smashing you. Mm -hmm. But then there's the, the game where somebody's controlling you. It is pretty fucking demoralizing. They're not finishing you because they haven't sunk on the, the, the proper choke, the proper arm lock, whatever it is. But they just won't let go, even though they're not going to finish you, right? Yeah. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because my gut reaction is, because how many times has this happened, right? Somebody's got you in a triangle 
or rear naked or a bow and arrow or the cases, they're not finishing you. And you and that's you, so that you're asking me if that's more demoralizing or less demoralizing than something. No, I'm saying is to me that's not beautiful jujitsu. I agree. I agree. To me, that to me that person should just let go, move on to something else. Obviously, yeah. it's not working. And strategically, that's what you should do, right? Because if you, well, maybe not. Maybe if you're competing, I don't know. Is this strategically what you should do? I mean, you are controlling the person. You well, got their you're arms also and limbs isolated. Yourself. If you're in a triangle or guillotine or something that you would hold, I think you're essentially getting tired. I, I agree. I, I agree. And, and I agree. And that's what that's where I think that's not beautiful jujitsu. Yeah. So I think I think. And again, there's a difference between beautiful jujitsu and jujitsu that you use to compete. I mean, if you compete sure. and then you have to find the most efficient and effective way to finish, that's that's kind of the point, right? But if you're looking for a fun thing to do to watch if you're an spectator, I think beautiful jujitsu is something that is very dynamic, something that is very moved, something. And if you're a more educated watcher, so if you're a black belt watching another competition, I think you want to see a lot of technique but it's still maybe not a lot of like just schizos going around but you want to see technique not you you don't want to see just stalemates you know like positional positional boredom i don't know it's weird i don't know i saw i saw a match i don't know if you saw this one chris between bruno and mikey where oh, yeah. they were just locked and basically the mat drysdale was saying oh hang on i've got i've got jerry's but in my face here. Um, Jerry's one of the official dogs of our gym. The tribe dogs. The tribe dog. God, by the dang way, it. Official announcement. New tribe dogs has been disbanded indefinitely. Really? What? As the owner of that account, why, why has it been disbanded? I just had to, I closed, you know how Instagram gives you the option of temporarily shutting down the account. I you just, just, you can't stay active enough with I it? I can't stay active enough. I have so much shit to do. And Dude, I'm take a like, picture of the dog. I'm not and in the greatest it. mood to do that right now. That's but good that you're focusing on your priorities. Yeah, exactly. That's Thank good. you, Chris. So that's until further notice. Further notice, Tribe Dogs has been disbanded. You've heard it here first. Not disbanded, just... just on hiatus. On hiatus. Yeah, sabbatical. On hiatus. It's on sabbatical. The highly so, popular account that's gotten likes from uh, from Mike Perry. I've, I've gotten likes Give me the celebrity like. Uh, hold up, I have to, but uh, I know for a fact that like Ben Saunders comments a lot is weird, and then um, Mike does Perry he really has liked a couple of the pictures. And uh, who has Mike Perry? Mike Perry, yeah. So this is this out of all the social media accounts, it gets the most attention from high-profile UFC fighters. <laughs> I would say that, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's it's, it's sad, but it's, it has to happen. It just has to go. All right, so um, there's this match between Bruno and Mikey. Where is it the one where Mikey won? And Bruno, I believe, like, but they're basically in a position where it's like, oh, Mikey's got the grips. All he has to do is sweep him whenever he wants. And they just sat there, <laughs> like, you know, kind of squirming really? and stuff. And then Mikey's like, all right, I have enough time to now sweep and then not get swept back. It wasn't like 50-50 where people were in 50-50 and like yeah. each person was standing up. But it was something similar to that. And it was just kind of like, well, wow, this is kind of like dull. So that's, know? that's, okay, so... Is that a situation there where we, we have to take it out of the idea of rule set? Because they were playing to the rules, right? Uh, yeah. I still want What's Victor to answer about? the question, like, what is his ideal jiu-jitsu? Like, you keep talking about, like... I told you. No, no, but you're talking about as a spectator. Like, for you personally... I told you. Like, like, do you want to smash people or you, you like scramble? You said you like scrambles. Oh, yeah. So, well, my ideal jiu-jitsu, I don't want to... Like, I don't think it's fantastic when I'm when I can just dominate the other person... The whole time, I don't think that's cool. I think my ideal jujitsu for me, a good role is 
that we're both scrambling. You get me in some positions, I get you in some positions, and the skill level is equal in average, but greater than the other person's in some aspects. And great, and so so you can have a back and forth match that is is fun. Those are the most satisfying roles, in my opinion. For me, when I go with somebody who I like a new blue belt, like uh, one of these new blue belts, um, I don't really. It's not. It's not a fun match because yeah, I can do whatever I want, but it's not really a fun match. Versus if I go for if I go with somebody who's uh, like you or like I don't know Mike Sahibi or somebody who's really p like putting me in tough positions, but I know that I can also put them in tough positions, and it's just a back and forth struggle. Those are the most satisfying matches, you know, because those are the ones that are going to give you work and are going to help you improve. And I think that's f that's more fun than just kind of either smashing or just get completely smashed. Okay, so that that you're, you're, that I I understand what you're saying. I'm asking like, God damn it! <laughs> no, I don't. I, I don't. I I understand what Noah's saying. What I'm asking is, are you someone that would prefer to spend most of your time passing? Are you someone that wants oh. to play more guard? Are you someone that wants to attack like the back take? Like for you, like if you're doing your thing, even though against a good guy, it's going to be tit for tat with people doing their thing. Are you going to be like, I want to be pressure passing? I want to be trying to go for their like what is because i was talking to chris and my answer was kind of taking what the person gives me instead of saying playing just single leg x or playing just delahiva i would like to be in a position where for some reason I'm, i have that level where i can see that oh there's an opportunity to do lapel guard here oh there's an opportunity to go to single leg x and just be opportunistic and then that to me is cool because you're able to see stuff so for you what is it that you're trying to do when you're doing your thing? I think that's I think that that's pretty close. But I, I would take a more like like I think I would I would like to be a more like active rather than reactive. Like uh, it's, it sounds like you want to take the opportunities and stuff, which is great. But I would like I would what I would think my optimal jiu-jitsu would be to kind of do something and uh, force whatever I'm doing into the person so that the outcome, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like being, so if you have three steps and the person only knows two steps and that third step is, the, is that what gets them, but you're always making the, you know, the first. You're initiating. You're initiating the action that eventually is going to lead to whatever you want to do. Okay. And, and I don't know what that is because I don't think I've been doing this long enough to know what my game is. So it almost sounds like you want to do Chain wrestling, but in jujitsu. I wasn't very good at chain wrestling. No, but my point is like chain wrestling, where it's like, like the counter for the counter for the counter yeah, for until, yeah. until it's like it's a bam, constant tit for until tat yeah. I I get we get to a point where I know something and you don't know the counter. Yeah, that that that's pretty that's pretty close to what I what I would think my optimal jujitsu is. Okay, I can see that because because you you do a lot of like if left to your own devices and you're not explicitly trying to train something, you're going to take top position and try to pass aggressively and you're going to go side to side and try different things. And yeah, that's, that's pretty accurate. What I was trying to do in my, in my jujitsu. There we go. We got to the end 10 minutes later. Dude, I, I do have to clarify your question because you told me what's your optimal jujitsu. That's a broad thing. Man. That's a very broad question. Chris understood me. Chris, but we've been doing this a lot longer. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, what's your ideal jujitsu? My ideal jujitsu. But scooting and no, using the least amount of energy possible. Definitely the least amount of energy possible. <laughs> that's I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't think that's cool. I think it's also, I mean, so like. I think you're lame, Chris. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, like, jujitsu is is Chris by definition up, by using 
okay. There, there's a, an SBG thing, and they talk about like what exactly is jujitsu, right? And you you should be able to do jujitsu even when you're tired. I agree with that, right? So if it requires a certain level of explosiveness or strength, it's it still is a part of jujitsu, but is it the essence of jujitsu, right? What? Being being able to do it without being tired, being able because even while the tires are even. I mean, like I may, I speak in absolutes often when I really shouldn't, but Leo. like jujitsu shouldn't require strength to work properly. I think it's a stretch. Shouldn't. Yes, because it's like Coach Paul always says: we're not we're not playing chess well we're playing human chess but we're not playing literal chess I mean this is a physical sport and no I said this before uh, I get that strength technique is always going to rule but strength fuck yeah it matters I mean of course it, I didn't yeah. say it didn't I just said it but it says you, you said it shouldn't require it's, and, but it's something that's I think we should strive to be able to do right is like Paul's understanding of jujitsu and execution of jujitsu is such that like he can toy with the three of us with zero like little to no effort whatsoever right and in my i opinion, disagree with that yeah, i just i do i do our egos dis, our dis our egos disagree with that we we make him said a little it's a bit. matter of a like bit. he can because you talk about systems and you know he's been around the game so long that he has a system for everything and he has the perfect reaction to every situation that we can put him into and there's something beautiful about that because he's not even breathing heavily when he's doing it, right? Like I think that's something that we should all strive to uh, do. I think I think I think you're rolling kind of lazy with him. I try to get him. I get him breathing pretty heavy. Yeah, me too. I try. I always try. We have this thing we say roll to impress. No, no, it's a funny thing. Like we had a, and uh, when I go with him, I always try to go as hard as I can. Some days he feels like just completely smashing me and not giving me anything, and sometimes I feel like I don't know. I think. The more I progress in jujitsu, I think the more things I get to, you know, open up with him and shit. So I think, yeah, I think going as hard as you can is the best way to do it. I think also, you know, technically, pa- of course, technically. Paul, uh, you know, I definitely know that Paul. There are times where he wants, like, if he wants to exercise, he's going to open things up. Sure. You know, if yeah, he, he if, get, if, yeah, if yeah. he's if he's like if he's dragging, he's like, sorry, I'm not letting you out. Like if he gets to a good position, he's like, I'm not letting you out. I'm I'm not feeling it. Like I don't want to be scrambling. But other times, he wants to get a sweat and he wants to sweat out the pizza from last night or something. You know, so I mean, he is determining that. But uh, on a side note, I think it's fucking awesome that you can determine that. I think it's fucking great. I think. That's but that's because goal. he's like perfected his jujitsu. I think it's a right? great goal to to have, like, to be able to go with most mostly whoever you want and then be able to determine what you want to get out of the role do you want to scramble or do you want to just kind of chill i think that's great i think that's awesome and and that's just and that's the ideal jiu-jitsu though right like because he's gotten his technique refined so well that given every opportunity every opening every you know every door that seems shut he's able to Either create an opening or locate an opening. But here's the thing: you create those opening those openings with 
physical strength as well. I mean, if he goes with right, but then that's not jujitsu. That's fucking strength weightlifting. I know, but no, I I don't. I think that is jujitsu. If he goes with Mike and Javon, you're gonna have to put a little more effort into your techniques than if you're going with me. Like as far as when if you're gonna lift him up from butterfly or whatever like that, you know. Yeah, when he elevates me, like, I mean, I know there's good leverage there, but. I mean, he's tugging to pull me over him. Like, I mean, when he when he gets under me, he's under me. But when he wants to load me up, he gives a good ass tug. You know what I mean? Just right, like when because I, that's okay. So like that's let's, and let's talk nothing, about like there's nothing technical about the tug per se. You know what I but mean? But there's something is technical about the tug because if he's tugging in the wrong direction, oh absolutely, then obviously it's but not he's not applying minimal response. force on that tug. You know what I mean? But like, sometimes. And, and and that's maybe I'm I'm oversimplifying the idea of minimal force versus. We're not doing the Tai Chi where the guys. No, no, I get that right. Like it's stuff. not like what is it, Chi Sao or Chi Sao? <laughs> is that with like sticky hands? Um, but like so, sometimes that is the technique, though, right? Like, and and yeah, actually, Dean Thomas told me this, and I still don't do it enough, as I don't cross face people. It's just it's something I don't do. You don't cross face people. We we've had the discussion, Victor. You haven't been involved. I just I don't oh do it because God. I think it's a dick thing to do, right? Like, oh no, it's dude, just, but it's, you taught us to cross face. You taught you you've taught you us taught a, a mount retention class where you were like, yeah, cross face them hard, and you were teaching that. But that's just it because that's the technique. I don't do it a lot. Wow, wow, that's dude, maybe am I being am I being a hypocrite? So do I have to like slap you when we're rolling? I, I, want, I want the full Chris, man. When we no, roll. but that's just, it's, I don't, like, for example, like, and the best example is this, right? Like, if somebody gets you, like, in a head and arm, like, just traditional judo hold, not, not, not having the far side underhook, like, a head and arm, like, kind of schoolyard bully headlock, the defense to that is to make a frame, right? So they pull your frame into their own face every time yeah. they squeeze harder. That's, that's the proper technique. And you wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that for the oh longest time. What? Because I was like, man, like this. You is- need to roll with Nick Paul more. You need to roll with Nick Paul for a year until you just like have to do that. I just wouldn't do it. And then and Dean Dean told me, and this is when I was still a blue belt. He's like, but Chris, like, cross facing is the technique to get out of that. Right? And they're, like, and they're trying to hurt you either. You know what I mean? They're, they're I mean, trying to hurt like- you. And plus, and plus, like, you're not the one. Applying I, the force, I think they're applying the force themselves. All you're doing is making a frame. Correct. I, I, right? I think Coach so, even says this a lot. He's like, well, when he's doing a grip or something, and, and he says something like, "All right, so you f- just grab the pan and grab a little skin with him because they're trying to break your arm." Just who the hell says that? Coach Paul says all the time. Grab a little skin with him. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, and that's like if you grab a grip and you know, no, no, I, yeah. doesn't matter. It's like a sarcastic thing to say about what he's getting at is that make a good grip. Make do this because they're trying to do that to you. Like they're trying to hurt you. So. Don't hurt him back per se, but don't be nice about escaping because they're trying to break your arm. And obviously, it's I, sarcastic because we're all training partner to get together and to get better, not to see who's better. I get. That. I guess I mean, my question is because I, I I will frame like I'm I'm a fan of of taking my my fist and and placing it on your jugular in your neck somewhere and pushing. If I did that to you, like people have, people have crossed, I cross face. Everyone's done that. I don't sure. know if I've crossed face you, but yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think not to. When people have done those moves to you, how do you feel? I don't like it. I right? Say, like, I mean, of course not. Right? I like, will say that that is typically how Noah and I rounds escalate. <laughs> is the <laughs> first person who cross faces? Yeah, <laughs> but it's but it's fun like that, you know? Because I know. No, I get, it's I get not, that. Right? It's like, not I'm malicious. Just, just, it's you know, it's not malicious. You know, it's, it's just the intensity has yeah. been. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the intensity and the intention of what, in which it's done, right? Great. If it's I don't know, or if, just, or if Coach Paul just starts making a comment to one of us. We're just talking about We're like how the idea of like how I, I don't like to cross face people and you know because I'm a pussy grappler. Um, it's just it's but sometimes it is the technique. I get that you know. No, but I'm I, I can't believe that you can't that you don't cross face like that's that to me is so weird. Like it's I mean, just I, it's because just, that's my thing. It doesn't it, it it doesn't make you feel like when they do it to you. You're like this is just part of jujitsu. It's unpleasant, but it's part of jujitsu. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, so like the, uh, okay, so we have to like differentiate cross faces too, right? Like, there's like making a frame when somebody's like head and arming you. There's the cross face that you just described where yeah. like, you know, from mount retention, I think it's very necessary because they're trying to roll in the opposite direction. The only solution is to do that. Otherwise, you're going to get bucked and rolled. Okay, over. what about the mount we just did today? The kind of the leg weave mount where the guy's connecting his knee, his, his, his elbow and knee, and you've got a, you're cross facing them open to mount technically so they don't pull you into honey hole or anything like that and they can't turtle i see like i'm i'm not gonna drive their chin the other direction what how the fuck are you supposed to mount someone dude like jesus hang on hang on hang on we gotta get a mic in this guy's yeah. hand there's an obligation for the other person to just move their head like if i'm going like this boom just move you just move your head with it like you don't like it'd be different if, if you were in a position where you couldn't move and i cross faced you That'd be different. That'd be me being a dick. But if you could literally just move your head while I'm while I'm trying to mount you, like that's that's not you know. And that's and that's good jujitsu on the other person's part too, right? Ballot. <laughs> but that's good jujitsu, right? Because like, I hear this all the time though. Like with certain guys, it's like if they're choking their chins down, you know, like like at a higher level, at a certain level, there is responsibility on the guy who's been training for ten years to like lift his chin up if he doesn't like it, you know, it's like certain point like you're both kind of on the hook there now if you've been training for a long time the new guy and you're just, and he's chins down he doesn't know what's going on you're squeezing it maybe you're a dick but if you've been if you've been training you both been training for six seven ten you justin gets if justin has my back and i keep my chin down and he has a rear naked choke and i don't lift my chin up when he taps me out because i feel like my jaw's gonna break i don't say oh man are you, are you, are you like, like what the fuck i've been training for 10 years i know exactly what you were doing I could have easily picked my head up and let you choke me. You know, there's I'm on the hook there too. You know, it's not just him being a dick. It's like I could easily lift my chin up. In conclusion, Chris, shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, I didn't say he does. He does. I'm not. I didn't say he no, did. That like, did. Yeah. I'm saying I, I've seen people cross face in places where it's like you're cross facing to for them to have pain, not necessarily for them to get a position. You know, or like you know. Yeah, and and like yeah. the point I was making is like we were asking each other like what the ideal jujitsu is, and my my response was. Sometimes it's good non-confrontational like, jujitsu. Not, yeah, that's, that's that's me and Tommy jujitsu. But sometimes good jujitsu also involves learning when to let go to move on to something else, right? Like, and that was that's my argument. It's like if you're having to use force to try to force that choke, or the cases like to me, like then work an armbar instead. Like obviously the choke wasn't working for you, right? Just not to use Justin for an example, but if you like Justin's on my back, he has his hooks in, he has a seatbelt, he has his arms locked. When would that head. even happen? When my chin is down, like he should abandon that because I because he like I don't want to lift my chin up, like because I'm going to be stubborn and keep my chin down. When I know exactly what's going to happen, like what percentage of that falls on me? You know, like that's that's what I. So mean. what if it's a bow and arrow and I've got the lapel across the guy's face? Is that on me or is that on the person who's? Well, yeah. I mean, you're not you're never going to finish that. I mean, right? Like. Well, that's 
the, the rear naked choke can be finished with the chin down. Exactly. Yeah. Like the chin lock, right? Like, and, and that's that's my The argument. mandible choke. Like, JV, man- JV lost his mind about well, this. <laughs> Justin and, and even Jason Patino over, he's been, the, the, both those guys have been doing that shit for like a decade. I remember like Jason could choke you with your chin down. Like he would do it all the time. And, and, and Justin definitely can, you know, Justin. Because that's a valid technique, but, but, trying to bow and arrow somebody with the fucking lapel across their mouth and like that's not a valid you're not gonna submit anybody but okay but wait a minute but that, but but ryan martman would say or ryan lafrance now would say that that there's some pain compliance there it's like if i can if i can go with the lapel across that guy's nose hard enough agreed but then he's gonna tap the, the pain and, and paul uses this example right he says there's some people who can eat shoulder pressure all day like, does that mean you just need to keep grinding at it and try to finish him with it? I think you know, it's just a person eating the shoulder pressure decision to eat it. I think it's also like how much I care about the other person. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and maybe that's it. And maybe I just care too much about everybody. I don't know. You know, like okay, okay. I have a question. When give me a time. You don't have to name a person. I don't want you to name names here. But have you ever gotten pissed off at someone on the mat? Oh yeah. Okay, and wh- you can usually wh- tell. You can you can usually tell too, like with me. <laughs> okay, well, what happens, and and what happened in? in I just, I mean, I'll start. I won't like, like just traditionally. I mean, you, you know my guard passing. It's usually on the knees. It's usually slow and like incremental and whatever. Oh, you're an old school passer. You pass on the knees. Yeah, it's, just, it's it's an old school thing. I, I've I've stopped doing it. Yeah, well, I'm saying it's old. School. There's like, have you haven't you seen that BJJ Scout video of like? how people think Galval passes and it shows like a dude doing gymnastics and, like, the fucking, like, <laughs> thing, but it's like how he actually passes and he, all he's doing is just like double unders. Yeah. And I mean like, unless it's like that one video, it was like the fake black belt where he's like spinning on the guy's back. <laughs> but like, but like, so it, it, it basically like right now, a lot of times in class, I'm, I'm trying to stand and pass and do that sort of thing just because like, you know, I need to, expand my game in jiu-jitsu. I spent fucking 10 years passing on my knees, right? I'm pretty good at getting my elbows underneath. I'm pretty good at getting a stack pass. I'm pretty good at, you know, getting their nose to their knees and if they fucking heavy leg, then I shoot the other direction and I can pass that way. If if I'm doing that, then that chances are like you've done something to piss me off. Oh, like, when, you go to your, when you go to your old school age. Yeah, like I'm going to try to apply a little bit of pain and try to put your, your fucking knee through the back of your skull so what oh, what, <laughs> what did you do victor I don't know. I was just going have i done that to you yeah you done that to me. oh geez <laughs> i'm sorry if i have yes. that's yes. probably no. just me trying more. to man my way through things more so, no but like that like but like right now like you can ask paul like i used to never pass on my standing up like that's that's but crazy, what's you know? it, okay but what triggers you then give me an example of something that triggers you um, that causes you to do that i don't know man like if it's I think blatant disregard for me is a pretty big, big one. Blatant disregard for you, I did that. I don't think I did that. I stop stop I'm, making I'm it about you, Victor. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I mean, like, no, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about a case of Victor, but just in general, you have to think of like a time you've gotten pissed. <laughs> if you what, what is what is my thing about grunting or, or snarling? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're snarling to finish a submission, you're probably doing it wrong. You're probably doing it wrong, right? Like if you're trying to snarl to finish something, and it takes like that's the ultimate of like, bro, just let it go and do something else. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, like if you're if you're doing to me what's dick move, then I'll I'll probably try to turn it up a little bit. Yeah, I think they're for me. They're like they're two types. There's like one is like I'm going with a new person, and they're really rough. 
but I know they don't know any better. So they just need to be corralled. Yeah, but no. So I don't that, get angry at them. I'm like, no, okay, you just blanket I'm gonna, the fuck I'm, out of Yeah, them, right? it's like, you're going to you, get treated accordingly. you now experienced the blanketing. How empowering was that for you? It was... Uh, how well, how great did that make you feel? To be honest, I mean, I, I'm well, not a okay, big ego so guy. Well, okay, so let me. I, I wouldn't. It didn't make me feel great. It was just. I just. It was good knowing that. Okay, I have this under control. You know what but I mean? That's, like controlling, like controlling a, a crazy jitsu. Though you took zero effort, and he was trying to punch and everything. Like think of like a fucking wildebeest underneath a net when those like safari ass. Yeah, I mean, are, he tapped with a minute thirty left because he was exhausted. Because he's and you <laughs> and you're just going with it and whatever it is, and you're just blanking it, and you're 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 countering every bullshit thing non-technical escape that he's doing right with the perfect angle the perfect amount of pressure and acquires no effort on your part (laughs) it makes it sound good (laughs) right like isn't that the most beautiful jujitsu uh it's uh it yeah i mean that's that's one thing you're trying to do because hopefully in the street you're dealing with an untrained person and you can do the same thing to that right the the ones that really irritate me is when i feel like i'm going with someone that knows jujitsu to the level so let's say a colored belt or higher sure and I feel like they're one of two things. They're overly obsessed with winning without being overly upfront with like upfront with it. Like, hey man, I, I want to go hard, you know. I mean and no one ever said that's asking that. a lot for somebody to say that. But the oh. bigger one is when I feel like they've taken liberties with my body. So that usually yeah, happens that, that with is. with like like hard crank if they if someone starts cranking my neck you know, and doing stuff like that, then I get annoyed. I'm like, okay, you, you're doing that to me now. It's it's more like prison rules, you know, and I get triggered, you know. Or the big one, another one where which, which happens, which is usually the start of me getting angry. It's like, yeah, man, I just want to kind of kind of flow, and then they fucking go hard right into your guard. So I'm like, okay, let's go easy, and I'm like, hey, and then bam, they go fucking hard. I'm like motherfucker okay <laughs> you I know what i mean perfect, like here we go the perfect example for Here's me my question to you noah what is the difference between going real hard and an annoying role like a schizo role if you if you're talking about like a same like a same like the same person let's say yeah let's say you're going with the same person and then how would you dis- how, how would you differentiate oh that was a good competitive hard role and that was a fucking annoying schizo role how would you differentiate the absence of technique because no, 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 I'm saying, no, no, I'm saying you're going to the same rank, same belt rank, same belt level. Belt gets offended, you know. Whenever, no, but the same belt level. rank doesn't matter if they're using technique or not. If a lower rank goes hard with a higher rank, whether they're using technique or not, the higher rank gets upset. There's just something there. Watch out! Watch out! Watch out! Oh, oh no! And we're back. We okay, just had so our we, we just had, had our little, cable disconnected dog, by uh, dog malfunction here. Oh, that was Leo? Was it? I thought it was Jerry. The, the, the nicer one of all things. He can't jump. His legs are fucking tiny. He can't jump too high. Yeah, his legs are... He's got like corgi legs. He does. He does. And it's funny because I've seen him next to like a real beagle. He's like a beagle corgi mix. He's really cute. But when I see him next to a real he's beagle... He's got... Does he have hip dysplasia? No. It's just the way he walks. I know. It's his weird. left hip, man, looks like... I know. It's weird. Is that is that a normal thing for it's, him? No, yeah. It's, I, I took him to the vet and it's just... They told me this just... Is it really? Okay. Yeah. I was like, what? It's weird. So this is... Okay. This is a really good distinguisher for... You just described it, right? Like the, their disregard for the other person's body. Mm-hmm. If you're having to wind up to do something and you're trying to almost like strike me <laughs> that to me is like okay it's it's go time <laughs> right like and this applies to like a lot of different things like if you're in my closed guard i'm not really i'm trying to work my closed guard for to break your posture down whatever it is 
and you do this bullshit where I can see you literally wind up by pushing your fist in the air, pointing your elbows, and I can tell you're gonna like use that as like strength to grind out on my thigh. Like, I'm I'm pretty pissed because like there are better ways that you can you can really you can open my guard. Than I mean, I remember one time and and Victor was even there. It's like I was going with Chihuahua and Chihuahua like. He flails his his arms and legs around a lot, but he oh, clipped so he clipped me with my with his leg, and I was like, "This motherfucker!" He flipped is, you with his leg. No, he clipped me oh, hard clipped with you. his leg, and it just triggered me because it hit me right in the face, and I was like, "This guy is technical," and he's just flailing his legs, and he hit me. And you know what? It really wasn't even the biggest grievance, and I clip people all the time, and people clip me all the time, but. In that, but in is, that instance, but what's your I was response like, to that immediately after you clip somebody? Oh, I went full on prison no, no, rules after with him. You clip somebody else. By we have the video. Like I put my shin across his face. I, it was bad. Like it was really bad. And that's I did everything but give him it. cauliflower ear. I was like, okay, I'm not going to give him cauliflower ear. But was this after his surgery for cauliflower ear? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. No, I was avoiding his ears, but okay. I was. <laughs> you going to give him cauliflower chin? Um. <laughs> I, I mean, th- maybe that's it. It's like when I can see you winding up or you're snarling or something. Then like the snarling's a good one. Snarling's a really good <laughs> one. Yeah, like if you're if you're snarling, like that's I'm not gonna flow roll at that point. Like I'm gonna try to try a little more jujitsu. Um, I don't I don't know, man. Like it's it's I don't know how our conversation devolved into like what pisses us off. Well, I think it's interesting. I mean, I think this is this sort of etiquette stuff always happens, you know, and. uh What's what's like one of your funnier white belt stories? As a as a white belt? It could be as a white belt or with a white belt. Oh my god. I as a white belt. Oh my uh. I'll give you I'll give you two. <clears throat> it was actually the same individual, but I'm not going to name the name. So I was a white belt early on. We can probably guess though, right? Uh you might not be able to cuz no, this okay. person doesn't train here anymore. So I um first week or so paired up with another no stripe white belt and we're rolling we start in close guard who's in close guard uh this person is in my close guard guard. so i'm on bottom so you know try and get out of that i'm trying to hold my positions i'm just grabbing the collar you know grabbing hands i don't know what i'm doing but i'm just trying to keep my legs tight so this guy proceeds to uh sit back, start to stand up. I'm probably like a foot off the ground now, like oh. lifted up. And then he just kind of drops me unceremoniously. Please let me know, you know to let go. And no, it was a foot off the ground. Okay. So boom, he didn't slam me, but he didn't like lay me down. He yeah, kind of yeah. like dropped and fell into me. And I was like, I was kind of like, I kind of did the look around like, huh? You know, figuring that this was not like allowed. He proceeds to do it two more times. So I get, I get, I get, I get like, I get like half slammed. Like I'm going over stories like from my wife. So like, that should have, like, okay. I get so slammed, I get slammed is three times. Is it his time. fault? No, it wasn't is your, your fault? Name. I didn't say your name. At that fault, I would say it's And I look around like, I'm like this, like I put my hands out. I'm like, what's going on here? You know, are slams allowed? Who slammed you three times? I'll tell you, I'll tell you off air. <laughs> but that's just it, right? Like, so like that to me is, there's so many so many failed steps along the way that should have happened that so okay let's look at rule sets then like slamming is not allowed in IBJJF no but slamming the globetrotters but slamming is allowed in 
Gracie Jiu-Jitsu tournaments. Or fight to win. Or fight to win, right? Yeah. So Wrestling. as a, just from a purely Jiu-Jitsu for self-defense standpoint, might you say that the slamming is allowed rule set is produces better jujitsu. Yeah, but it's not it doesn't produce uh day in and day out training. Just like jumping doing, you know, jumping but, guard and doing flying arm but bars. But what's the better but what's the proper technique to somebody trying to slam you out? Oh boy. I don't know how you practice slamming out of guard, but I would there hope too. it I would hope it involves like a, a crash pad. So like when people learn judo throws for the first time, but they're doing it on it. a softer the surface. The solution is to let go. Oh, the person, and it's just speaking of the onus is on who. Yeah. The onus is on the person who has the closed guard or the triangle locked but on. But now I want to say, I was like, this is my first week as a white belt. And that's, it, it, and that's go. the problem, right? <laughs> so, like, is it really that guy's fault or is it ultimately the Everybody's fault. fault? Well, it's probably the... It, because these these rules need to be... Clearly articulated. Yes. Just like clipping your nails. That, and that's, washing that's, your gi. you know, like... Hey, the, and maybe wearing deodorant. And that's one of those things, right? Like, you know, you don't you don't know what you don't know. So, who's responsible f- for letting people know ultimately? Or oh, the instructor. The instructor. Yeah, that's the, that's that's So, either way, did that anger you? No, I was just kind of like perplexed. You're like, "What the hell?" Yeah, I was like, "What the what what's going on here?" You know. That's a, that's and and God forbid if you I, th- thankfully, he wasn't trying to slam his way out, right? Well, I think he was. He just wasn't strong enough to yeah, power bomb you, yeah. basically. Yeah, I think he's like, huh, uh, uh, that's kind of what. It, the other funny story, I will name names because I like the guy, and he—I haven't seen him train here in a while. But do you remember Leo? Leo? Yeah, he had he he had one am- amateur MMA fight. Um, he uh, should I know Leo? Yeah, am I, I think being, so. yeah, am I yeah. being a terrible person about yeah, you probably. I mean, you, you you know him. He uh, real strong guy, strong upper body. Um, Leo was oh, had four stripes on his on his white belt before he. I like, probably him. Anyway, I rolled with him early on, and uh, because this guy did MMA and Muay Thai, I was <laughs> like, I was like, oh geez, you know, this guy's intimidating. You know, guys jacked and all this stuff. Anyway. I end up, this is early on, I end up on, on his back or something, and uh, I somehow, like, I think got an armbar attempt, and I thought it was tight, and he managed to squirm out of that. Then I got him in a cross choke, and I, and I managed to get the tap before time expired, like, towards the end. And it was, like, 10 seconds left, and when he's coming up, he's like, yeah, man, bro, like, I just saw, I should have just gone to fucking to sleep, bro, like... <laughs> I was looking at what him like what? Like he pulled a full like Nick Diaz or Nate Diaz. Like he was full. He was like he's an ultimate like Diaz type guy. You know, like yeah, man, I just got to fucking go to sleep. Like a real man just go to sleep and stuff. And I was looking at him like mildly horrified. Like what the fuck? <laughs> you know what a what a weird. So like, like he's all about don't tap. You know what I mean? You tough it out. Like I probably had his elbow. Like he's like yeah, you got my elbow pretty good. <laughs> You know, and I'm like, dude. You just probably didn't. I mean, you didn't know how to finish it properly, right? I like, probably, I probably made it very uncomfortable, but sure. I didn't know, you know. And that's one of those. I, it's what a weird. I, <laughs> that is a pretty bizarre. See, like, so that's the thing is, like, I'm glad that that experience didn't teach you the solution to 
a, a deep sunken arm bar is to try to tough it out. Oh, for me, if I'm if I'm caught in an arm right, like I'm oh, glad that yeah. that didn't enculturate you to say like, hey, this is the appropriate response and how to train, <laughs> and and that's. And perhaps I'm too middle of the road. Like I'm too like take the safe road out. Considering I'm doing jujitsu, deadlifting. Well, and I've, I've my always back. been. I've always been pretty good. I think about. I'm. I'm not afraid or shy, to ask questions. No, you're, you yeah. know. So I'm not gonna just follow, I'm not gonna just look around and be like, do what they do. If I have any doubt or ambiguity, I'll go to Paul. I'll go to you. I'll go to a instructor. An instructor, say, right? What's like, the What's the protocol here? You know, what's the protocol? In time? I I remember asking Paul three, four times in the first month about tapping and what, you know, what's the, what's the ethic around, what's the code around that? How does that work? You know, cause I wasn't sure. And I also wasn't sure about the hierarchy of belts and how to navigate that in terms of who talks, you know, who yeah, can yeah. ask who and how is like, is it offensive for me to go for, uh, is it, yeah, is it offensive to, for me to try and submit a upper belt or can they submit me? Like all this stuff, you know, cause Obviously, I know that the likelihood of me getting a submission on upper belt is extremely low, and their ability to submit me is very high. Does but is there an etiquette thing where they would be a, it would be a personal affront? Oh, this right, right. this peon is doing that, and 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 I and to be honest, like their experience in capoeira that would suggest to me that stuff like that. What like there were you don't even if you had a chance of doing something, you don't do it to a more tenured person because that's a a disrespectful thing to do and it's going to incur their wrath, you know? And that's okay. So that's, that's gotta be some sort of weird male ego thing. Like this sort of like you're dishonoring me, but I think I like to think as martial arts progresses beyond this sort of like overly traditional, you're disrespecting me thing and becomes more of a pragmatic um, we're learning from each other. We're all peers, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like I like to think that that sort of shit goes away, right? Like the idea that oh, how how dare you try this on me is absurd, right? They should be allowed to try whatever they want. I think whether it works or not the, is another. The story, problem right? is if people are under the impression that so-and-so is not going to do this to me because they're a lower belt and then it happens and they get caught. It's like, it's one thing to, because I think those people are almost eliminating the possibility. Like think about leg locks. It's like there are people I know, I don't know them personally, but I know there will exist. I could go into a gym and attack a leg lock on a higher belt and they would be shocked that I'd be doing that. And they wouldn't be prepared for that. Because they're assuming I wouldn't do that, because right. the rule set's not laid out. If you said, if you said, rule, uh, heel hooks aren't allowed, you would assume that no one's going to do that. Right. If you assume implicitly that a lower belt, this blue belt, they can't do heel hooks because that's not allowed, and then they go for it, part of the reason they succeeded is because the other person wasn't aware. Even though I do think the upper belt you should always be aware. Correct. I mean, like, and that happened to me today. That's why an upper belt. That happened to me today. Like, I'm rolling with someone, and I didn't explicitly say what what's the rule set. You know, I'm rolling with that person, and then that person suddenly started attacking legs, and we end up at fifty fifty. It appeared that they were going for a heel hook, an inside right. heel hook. So I, I we were kind of there. I was like, so we're doing heel hooks, 
And the guy nodded. I was like, okay. You know, and JB did that with me once, even though I wasn't even attacking Hillock, but I was in single leg X. I remember that. He was like, we're attacking, like, we're doing a foot locks? Like, yeah. And then he <laughs> promptly tried to go for an Estima lock because I was in reverse Telehiva. So that's an interesting <laughs> thing, right? Like, and, and that's where, like, I, I, not to get super conservative again about jiu-jitsu and the idea of jiu-jitsu refining. My class, my rules, guys. No twisting foot locks. But that's, okay, so first off, that, that's, just, that's just purely for my, my own, like, safety. Or not yeah. my own safety, but my own, like, peace of mind. But, like, there's, uh, you, you ever follow Kama, Kama Jiu-Jitsu? I'm aware of it. Okay, so Kamaji is he's, he's his instructor is one of the dirty dozen. He's one of the first black. Oh, belts. I'm sorry. When you said combat jujitsu, I thought the rule oh, I'm set sorry, with Kama, Eddie Kama K A M A jujitsu. Oh no, I'm not familiar with. So that. like Dave Kama got his black belt from Hicks and Gracie, and one of his students now you know he's an mm-hmm. affiliate of Kamaji jujitsu, and they talk about like the idea of just going back to like slams out of submissions, for example. Like you should always sort of be. You can't blame the other person for trying to attack you a certain way, right? Like, because that's all they know or that's all they're thinking of. That's what mm-hmm. all they're trying to do. All you can do is the onus is on you to re- either react or respond to what they're doing, mm-hmm. right? And to always try to assume without clear rules being laid out ahead of time that somebody's not going to try something, then shame on you, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't disagree with that. And like I said, I, I think, I think you should always be prepared to protect yourself from all things. Absolutely, especially if there was no explicit. Like, especially if there's no yeah, yeah if and you're that's not where like somebody's out. grabbing your foot. Fucking. What's weird is when I went to the Globe Trotters camp in Iceland. Not weird, but was unusual for me is anytime there's no gi rolling the implicit understanding was every footlocks were fucking fair game, man. Right. Right. You know, and because it's the game of, no and game. I guess that's because that's the, that's, you know, in style and in vogue with, uh, with no, but gi, how but, long before then do you think we get away from the idea that footlocks, for example, are, are evil, are evil. Exactly. I think over time they will. I think, I think, I think once people realize that, Hey, if you learn how to defend them, they're just like anything else. It's just, it's just it's again, a it's thing. again, it's the mar- it's, it's a margin for error thing. It's like the margin for error is very small, and the consequences are extremely devastating, especially when we're talking about inside heel hooks. Yes, you know, and that's the problem. You know, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm I'm fucking scared to death whenever Paul De- not scared to death, but you get the idea. When Paul demos Kamora's on me. You know what I mean? Like he's a centimeter away from ripping oh, yeah. my shit. You know what I mean? But he also has the sensitivity. He knows, he, and, yeah, to, obviously, yeah, yeah. and I trust him wholeheartedly. But the point is, it's like my shoulder can be seriously damaged oh, from that and it's too, because it's so tight. But for whatever reason, we don't see Kamora's as, as dangerous as an inside heel hook. And I think maybe that's a combination of of the overall ignorance that people have about the move. Yes, and also the fact that there's no. There's little to no pain associated That's with the, the application thing. of it right, like, before there's catastrophic injury. We have we definitely have more sensitivity in our upper body. Yeah, we're like, like ah, and then I mean, you know when something feels off. Yeah, with and, your upper body, it's and just, with a heel hook, you just feel pressure generally. And people, okay, so that's the thing too. We're like, so we use the term heel hook. People, I don't know how many times now we've talked about or in a in a leg lock class that people 
don't even realize the heel's not the thing in danger. Correct. Right? Like, the knee is in danger. Correct. And people... We need to call them knee rippers. Yeah. Like, they, or, or what, what was my term? Knee, knee destroy. I forgot what it was. Like, <laughs> knee apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, people don't realize. And, and perhaps this is a... <laughs> maybe a part of the the fundamental movement beginner class novice you know day one class that people need to take to learn proper mechanics is also anatomy yeah because people you know like think about when you first started weightlifting and as you become a more experienced weightlifter how many people go to the gym every single day do movements lat pull downs, whatever it is, and literally don't even know what muscle they're supposed to be training. Hey, but it was in muscle fitness. It was in men's health, man. I mean, like how often does that really happen, right? Like, so people have a, a, a basic, if even that level of understanding of how their body is supposed to move. If you don't even understand that, how are you supposed to even understand how your body's not supposed to Well, move? this comes full circle because at the very beginning, we were talking about body awareness. Yeah. And people with good body awareness are probably better than people that don't in jiu-jitsu, but certainly they are safer training partners. Yes. Because they're aware of what can hurt them and their partner. And people that don't have body awareness, not not for any... Thing other than ignorance it's not malice it's not cruelty it's not like going to win it's just they don't know that things are in jeopardy when i'm sure. you know and and you know that comes down to you being a conscientious drilling partner and and checking your ego at the door and releasing a hold if you feel someone twisting the wrong way and you're holding you're anchoring that joint yeah. that's going to get ripped because they're turning you release you know, or if someone's reaping your leg, you know to go with it. Or if I'm reaping someone's leg, I'm doing it in a way where I'm not violent with it. I'm kind of gradually easing into yeah. it. Like that happened in a like, role with a black belt even recently. And I ended up reaping, not intentionally, but I ended up reaping. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go with the reap. Right, right. But I'm not going to. I'm just going to gradually reap. I'm going mean, to gradually like, turn. So we're going to kind of like, we're going to slow down. We're going to take the corner. It's like, it's like we're at the Indy 500 and we're slowing down to take a corner. Like, let's just slow down here and just kind of finish the reap and then get back into what we were doing. You know? So you were actually in the class that, I mean, Paul did like a mini seminar uh, a couple of years ago at this point, I think is the Jits was hits, right? Like yeah. The, the, the self-defense, seminar. the self-defense guard, right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like he showed one of the defenses off of, um, I think a nice solid spider guard is a fully committed De La Hiva, right? Yes. Where you just dive deep, you go for broke, right? Like, and it forces the person to react a certain way. It you also know, tweaks your knee. It also tweaks your knee. <laughs> right so that's the thing is like I, it's interesting that although i'm starting to do i i never played d an actual delahiva hook now i'm starting to but i'm only doing it when i'm almost like they almost have back exposure right so you just use it as a as an anchor to be able to like shift your hips yeah. around yeah so like that's the thing right like you know like where did we start developing the sort of like take the corner ease around the corner slowly for something even as simple as delahiva you know who doesn't do that and they've commit well and they execute well is Nikki. 
Oh, right. Yeah. Like when he dies for his De La Hiva, he has very little regard to your, for your knee and he just fucking goes for yeah, it. Yeah, but I think that's a pretty safe thing to what he's doing is safe. Because he's not—he's no longer going to my knee. He's going to—he's going far to your hip. far hip. He's right? going to my far hip. Yeah, so yeah, he's not tweaking my knee. But like, there's—you know—to me, the riskier stuff is when someone's got you in like a coyote half guard. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, well, you know that. First oh, thing, I definitely you know, know that. Or any um, sort of, um, you know, kind of tenth planet mojo where you've got yeah. lockdown or, or hooks like that. You're like, but yeah, that's, the, and that's or, the thing is, or when you're flaring your knee. That's the other big one. That's how Gordon Ryan fucked up his knee. You flare your knee outwards, you're putting a lot of pressure on the outside of your knee. No, no, no. He was, he got, you talking about like. He was trying to elevate a guy into butterfly guard. And by was, trying to flare it with, coming yeah, from it, from a wrong angle, basically. Yeah, but he was flaring his knee. Like yeah, his yeah. knee was, his knee was not in alignment with his ankle and his exactly, hip. Yeah. It was out. And the more you flare it, just like if, if, if I. So if I'm basically an open guard looking up and I grab one of my feet and I pull my feet to my chest, my knee starts flaring outward. When you, when someone's putting pressure on that and you actually fight back, you're putting immense pressure on the outside of your knee. So when I feel like something like that happens, which I think in general people feel like that's something that's like, something's a little off. Like I want, I want to be in alignment, like, but still you don't necessarily think you're risking catastrophic knee tears. Right, right, and, and and well, that's the thing is like for my understanding, it's actually similar to the position that Paul was working today, and and he talks about how you can you know take the honey hole off mm-hmm. of um somebody trying to smash you to mm-hmm. dope mount. <clears throat> from my understanding, the reason why that was happening to Gordon Ryan, well, that's exactly it, is because their hips are on top of his ankle and shin, and he's trying to flare his knee out to create that little bit of space to be able to slip his bottom leg under to to get that the elevation mm-hmm. needed for honey hole um are you talking about the video you're talking about the video that lachlan does the breakdown of like Absolutely. how it yeah that video right yeah. like um whereas like if you keep a high knee essentially like a reverse z guard then that sort of break prevents that from happening mm-hmm. altogether um but yeah so and that's an awareness of yourself knowing your own limits right like Correct. obviously in this case he didn't know where he tore his own knee out and that's also from the perspective of the training partner in a training scenario, not competitive is being aware that, Hey man, like I, I, I know, well, you haven't rolled with me a lot lately, but like how many times do you hear me when I'm trying to do something, ask somebody, Hey, is your knee okay? Oh yeah. You probably hear it all the time whenever I'm rolling with somebody, right? Like <laughs> it's it just, it's, if you're next to me, like you'll probably hear that three or four times when I'm trying. Well, to- you know, the other one I'm, I'm, I'm now scared of, not scared of, but I'm very conscientious of doing, and I try not to do it, but sometimes if the person really give me that opportunity, I might do it, but I'll say, watch your knees yeah, when yeah, I yeah. do it, is if they're turtled and I want to yeah, grab them by the collar and pull, and them, pull them straight back. back. Yeah. And then I just break them to the, down to the side. You know, I'm like, mm. hey, just kind of watch your knees here. And I just kind of pull back. I don't violently yank them. No. You know, dude. I just kind of pull I'll, them. I'll yank them to the side just yeah. because like, it allows you to get your knee in a little bit easier yeah. too, you know, like where you can get that bottom hook in. Um. So body awareness, guys. That's. The- I, I would say honestly, beyond body awareness, how about just overall awareness? Because <laughs> just to, to to wrap it up, how a little about bit. like how about not look down at your phone when crossing a crosswalk? <laughs> right, know? like overall awareness, right? Like, and I know it's easy to get caught up in the moment. Speaking of like living in the moment, doing jujitsu, and that's the true state of Zen and whatnot. But like, I don't know how many times today because I am injured, I wasn't able to roll. I'm like supervising a class. Oh yeah, how many? How many? 
how many near collisions yeah. did I have to avoid? <laughs> how like, much chaos did you witness? A lot that I had to, you know, step in between the people, actually stop both warring pairs and like, hey, just turn your heads this way. <laughs> you know, like that sort of thing. Like it happens... Isn't it weird, especially in fundamentals, just looking around? I mean, you've done it way more than me, but for me, I still am shocked. I look around, I'm like, Jesus. Dude, I, dude there was an instance of a guy getting knee barred in a white belt class, okay? Shouldn't be getting knee barred. Right. Okay? Dude, he got so pissed that he fucking blast doubled the guy almost through the window. Oh I'm like, God. whoa, 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 whoa. That should have never gotten to that point. There's so many sequences that had to happen for it to you get know, to that point. But, yeah. you know, you got a white belt that's been training for four years yeah, that's yeah, here. Yeah. And it's like, well, and he doesn't have anything on his belt, but he's technically, I mean, he's like Chihuahua. It's like, the guy should be a blue belt, but, or at yeah. least he knows, he knows a lot, you know. And but but why is he going for a knee bar? Because then I'm asking like, you know, and the white belt's like, well, you know, what happened? Because he's pissed. I'm like, what happened? He's like, he did something with my foot. He did something with my leg. And I'm like, okay, afterwards you got to show me what he did. So then I showed him like, did he do this? No. Did he do this? No. And I was like, did he do this? He's like, yeah, yeah, I think he did this. You know, like they don't even know what it is. You know. But is that a reason? Because they don't know what it is. To me, I mean, like... And then he fucking... Bla- I mean, it was... But, a- like, that's just it. Like, is the response to do that or is the response to, like, learn where you fucked up and, and like, don't let it happen again? We're hot-blooded, red-blooded men. I guess so, yeah. man. Like, that toxic environment. <laughs> and nobody's girlfriend was watching either. Oh, like, really? fucking Troy, man. Dude, he brought he brought his wife. 99.9% trash, Sahibi. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Shout out to Sahibi and Troy. I still want to understand what the... I don't know what's happening I mean, it's a friendly beef. Oh, it's hilarious. Absolutely. It's one of the funniest things. It's a friendly, funny beef. But how that originated, where it originated from, I have no idea. But I need to find that out. Um, Dude, we've gone over two hours. Uh, I hope your back heals. I hope so, too. You know, Bengay. Steve actually offered a... Tiger Bomb. Oh, Tiger Bomb. Asian, right? Okay, I was going to say, yeah, what's your your cream of choice? The the dark red one. The dark red one. Um, Chris, until next time. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. I'll see you on Tuesday.